It's time for Mac Break Weekly, the show we talk about absolutely nothing. Jason Snell is here, Andy Anako, Alex Lindsay. We're kind of in that dead period with not a lot of new Mac news, but breaking news, breaking story. The home pods, the new ones, still leave a ring on your furniture. That and a whole lot more. We're actually going to have a lot of fun next on Mac Break Weekly. Podcasts you love from people you trust. This is Twit. This is Mac Break Weekly, episode 855, recorded Tuesday, January 31st, 2023. So good, you'll want to listen at 1x. Mac Break Weekly is brought to you by Fast Mail. Reclaim your privacy, boost productivity, and make email yours with Fast Mail. Try it free for 30 days at fastmail.com slash twit. Fastmail is also giving Twit listeners a 15% discount in the first year when you sign up today. Thanks for listening to this show as an ad-supported network. We are always looking for new partners with products and services that will benefit our qualified audience. Are you ready to grow your business? Reach out to advertise at twit.tv and launch your campaign now. It's time for Mac Break Weekly, the show we cover the latest news from Apple, of which there is precious little. But that's okay, because we've got the best team of BSers in the business. <laughs> now, who do I start with? Wait a minute. Uh, you see the three, the wonderful Andy Anako, WGBH Boston. It's great to see you, Andrew, and your Red Sox cap. Getting ready for uh, pitchers and catchers to report. Yes, so long as just keep keep your knees and keep your knees and angles healthy. The the, the, the golf is not that important in, in Florida. That's, <laughs> good point. Good point. It's it's it's, it's now been it's now been it's now been a few years between like World Series championships or like pennants. So we we're we're kind of we got used to it, which was our fault. Which was our fault. But we would like to see some performance. I love it after the World Series in October. You look at all these teams saying, "Well, they're going fishing and hunting." <laughs> they got till they got till February. I thought, I thought, I thought you, you talk. This is why this is why sportscasters make all the money. There was like a, I think the Pirates were like playing like this dismal game, and the commentator, who I think was the local commentator, was saying, "And that's September baseball for the for, for the Pittsburgh Pirates." That's it. It's over. <laughs> bye bye. Uh, speaking of Pittsburgh, here he is, our own Pittsburgh native. Were you rooting for the Eagles on Sunday, Alex Lindsay? I, I I have to admit, I wasn't really rooting for anybody. I have to admit, being here in San Francisco, I was, I was rooting for the for the Forty yeah, Nine. I was like, yeah. and I felt bad. It was a hard. It was hard. It was just that's probably one of the hardest games to watch oh. that I've seen in a long time. Where you make it all the way there, and then you're just limping along. Oh. You know, like, and there's nothing you can do. It's like a, you know. It's Don't like tell anybody, was... but I was watching during uh, Ask the Tech Guys and Twit. We had a big screen off to the right, <laughs> and I might have been a little bit distracted at certain moments. Uh, Alex, I... of course, is officehours.global and 090.media, and with us also from sixcolors.com, the marvelous Jason Snell. You know, Leo, when it's a slow news week, we can talk about uh, puzzles we've done, tell anecdotes. <laughs> How's your Wordle? The... Uh... <laughs> well, you know, I, I was going to say there was a famously, because it went viral, a, uh, a Giants radio broadcast with John Miller and Dave Fleming, who are both spectacularly Wonderful. good radio yeah, broadcasters. Yeah. And um, and it went viral because they were just discussing the rules of Wordle <laughs> for, during an inning. 
and that's like those, in a that's, nutshell. That's masterful. Just masterful stuff. It's like that. So, Dave, do I do I guess all at once? No, John. You you get you get two different colors. Well, what do the colors mean, Dave? Well, John, one means you got the letter, but it's not in the right place, and the other oh. means you got it, and it is in the right place. Now, can I just keep guessing? Well, no, oh, John. You, you you only God. get five guesses. Six guesses. Six guesses. Oh. My my daughter oh, and I could discuss Wordle. In the evening, we're like, how many did you do it? In? And, and she'll be like, like, there was two days ago. She did six, and I hadn't done it yet. I was like, oh, i got to try it. I was like, six. Was like, six. But my daughter took six. I was like, it's going to be hard. I got five. But I was like, <laughs> oh, that is hard. Accomplished. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was because I, I usually, yeah. I was mentioning, Lisa and I used to do it uh, last thing before we went to sleep. We would cuddle up and do a Wordle. That those days are gone. She now does it first thing in the morning. And I always know because she'll come over, she'll sidle up to me, and she'll say, two. <laughs> she says why don't you try she's a little competitive <laughs> um although we have a debate and i think i'm right of course uh she will guess when she's got enough to, and there's like three possibilities she'll guess the most common word the most you know as a, as if it were more likely and i think i said i think it's pretty random i think any word that works is equally they're going to be equally likely am i wrong i find that they're usually the most common really it, they like rub it rub it in your nose that that, that if you get to six and you and when you get so it they're you're doing like, a little really they're doing i mean it feels like it's always relatively common i don't feel like i i when i find most words i don't find that i go oh that was really abstract well they don't like do it's, abstract it's a words. common word but you know exactly. for uh for instance a couple of days ago the possibilities were flirt or shirt i knew it was irt and you know, she might say, well, go with shirt. That's more common. But I, you know, so I don't know if there's that much. I don't know. Now, we see, mm-hmm. we're doing what the what Miller did. We're doing. That's right. <laughs> it's, that's right. it's now, you don't have to pay for the Wordle. It's, it's all about. You do have to pay for the Wordle, but. It's so, uh, it's, it's at the fifth inning, and the score is three all, and there's really nothing much to high, say. Fastball high, two and uh, two now. <laughs> uh, pitchers and catchers next month, right, Jason? I think I'm right on that. Yeah, I think it's uh yeah, well, it's almost next month now, right? I this know. is the last day of January. So yeah, we're almost in baseball uh Thank God because again. basically Thank it's goodness. it's over for our football. So. I'm from I'm from I'm I'm from I'm from Pittsburgh. We have nothing to look forward to. Oh gosh. <laughs> good oh, good gosh. hot dogs and a really good ballpark. You know, that's 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 hey, what you get to look for. You know what? To. That's a pretty uh, a a a cold beer on a summer afternoon with a good hot dog. And the game so, just kind of stretches out into eternity. That's baseball. Here's here's yeah. the secret. The dull um, that, roar of the cloud, I, crowd is you nod off. <laughs> I had a discussion with a basketball team. Uh, someone who does, I was at the at the arena. We were working with the basketball team. Uh, you know, made, uh, any NBA, and and they don't win very very often. No. And it was packed. It's packed, and people are having a great time. I was like, "How do you do this?" And he goes, "Well, the secret is is that the bad teams are actually better to go to see because." When it's a, a team is consistently bad, they have to. Everything else has to work, so they do all these other uh, things to get the crowd excited. Yeah. So, and he said, and if you want to see a winning team, even if they're going to crush your home team, that's the time to go see that winning team. Like if you want to go see the Lakers or see the Heat or whatever, whatever <laughs> is the one that is. I don't know anything about basketball, but but the um, uh, he said you see it there because they, they're firing. You know they're firing T-shirts into the crowd. Yeah, they're firing like the, like the pirates have a, a hot dog cannon, which I never. <laughs> did, they literally they literally go down the side and they're boosh, boosh, 
Joey <laughs> like snagged firing. that hot dog like they are, it was. They are firing <laughs> hot dogs, like Whoa. cooked hot dogs <laughs> into the crowd. You know, and it's and 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 they have all these. So the the, the teams that don't win very much, you know, they invest in a good a good stadium and and they or a good you know and a good um you know the, the PNC Park is probably one of the top five stadiums in in uh, for sure around and um and and so uh so it's a great great place to go and hang out as you said leo have a beer have a hot dog yeah. hang out with your family or friends yeah. and and watch That's the all. game and who, who's who got cares? to not care about no. it's no. <laughs> you don't have to pay any attention to the eighth inning and then, and then you can yeah. so our top story today big big news the new home pod second generation does in fact still leave white rings on wood furniture <laughs> Boy, I covered that one. I tell you what. I tell you what. It's big news day. Big news day when you when that's the top story of the day. Have you got? Have you? Are you getting uh, those, Jason, to review? I I don't. I I probably need to ask. I, yeah. I was not on the review program for that. I suspect if I asked, they might send me one. So I should probably do that. Sounds like they sound good, though. I mean, that, the concern was that when they made them cheaper, you know, or reduce the number of tweeters and things, that they were going to um, sound. Uh, worse than the over-engineered first generation, but it sounds like they don't. According to the reviewers, they sound pretty good. So two fewer tweeters, two fewer microphones, but they've added a humidity and temperature sensor. Well, there mm-hmm. you go, and apparently uh, a better processor. We know it's a better processor because Siri is responding faster. And uh, I and people, some people are some people are saying it actually. It certainly has sounds no worse. Let's put it that way. Although. I like right. Marquez Brownlee's two-word review, Apple HomePod 2 review. I'm confused. Yeah. <laughs> like, I guess his point is, what's the point? They canceled it because it was so expensive. Although when they canceled it, it was the same price as they brought it back at, $300. Um, I did, you know, I ordered two because they're not, I don't want, they're not going to give me a loaner and I wouldn't ask for one. So I ordered two. We'll do it when we get it. Uh, Valentine's Day. It's coming. It'll be. A st- I'll bring it in for Ask the Tech Guys, and we'll do a review of it as a stereo pair and all of that. But I'm, uh, apparently there I'm is there is a back. better. Um, there's an ambient microphone for sensing room ambience, so it might be a little bit better. Alex, go ahead. Sorry, I'm excited. I'm, I'm gonna. I, I bought so many Mac Minis that I need to wait now to to buy something else. Yeah. But um, but the uh, but but eventually I'm going to buy these, and I was kind of bummed because I had one and I didn't get the second one to try to do the stereo. But I really like them. I got the little the little minis, and I did not like them because <laughs> they, they they ended up in, a, in <laughs> they're somewhere. They're not great. I, don't know I have them all over the house. They're not great, and they're little. And and yeah. I just was like, oh, I'd rather have the bigger ones. And and so, um, but then they weren't available. So I think that I'm probably not the only person that might be getting that has one. I mean, ours runs literally runs six hours, eight hours a day of music or or talk stuff or whatever you know so it's um it's pretty it's 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 been really useful i I think that i decided i didn't really want google and amazon stuff in my house (laughs) so so i just so i i kind of decided i didn't i didn't need to be the be the product and so so i kind of wanted to do something like that i will admit that that some of the um i'll be interested to see how it ties into material you know and, and whether material actually works i'm still I have a dream someday in the future that home that home kit or some kind of home thing will actually work. Um, but uh, mm. you know, I, I can be optimistic. Dream on! <laughs> I know, I know exactly. In the so words we'll of Verosmith. Um, yes, that's, that's the that's the. I, I think that there's a level at which the, the 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 speakers are good enough. There's a level at which the design of it is good enough as a physical object to have on the countertop. 
Apple really needs to address HomeKit and make uh, make Apple products it's suck less as when it comes to home automation because they're not they're not they're not quite sucky but they are they can see sucky from here they're like a nine iron away they're they're just short of the bunker one nine iron and they're boom they're right on the green there it really thanks feels for like keeping us in the sports their... mode in the golf mode <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly golf, I, I appreciate that yeah. I, I I'm trying to work. Like we're, they, we're, 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 we're building a pyramid here. We're, we're building <laughs> the foundation. There's some structure. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I feel like the, uh, they, they put t- too much of their money, like a horse race. Huh? No, I don't know. On matter. <laughs> right. Like matter. I feel like they're like, okay, matter is going to solve this and we're going to do a new, uh, a home architecture and it's going to support matter. And we're going to do that. And like matter keeps getting delayed. They tried to roll out the home architecture and it, uh, they had to roll it back. Uh, although now they may be rolling it out again soon. And like, I, I want, I don't want to give them uh full credit for this because I think the truth is that they have been so slow in the smart home market, hmm. but, but in the last year, it feels like, they have made some decisions and they've started in a direction, but they have hung so much of it on this matter stuff that is just still not and, quite there. Um, and I think it'll be this year is going to be really instructive, right? Cause matter will start to come out and settle down in the next year. And does Apple, there are some reports that Apple has some other home products in the works that I would love to see that. Right. Cause that, that is the question is they've been behind. I think maybe the last year they've been trying to catch up, but this matter thing has sort of been a, a bump in the road. So, uh, you know, we'll see. But it, it, I certainly feels like the last year has been all about like, well, just wait until matter comes out. And yeah. the matter thing has just been much more painful than anybody expected, I think. And, and I think that, the you know, Apple is really good at a lot of things and working with others is not one of them. <laughs> um, and, and so I think that one of the issues is, is that to get this really off the ground, I really feel like, and I, I probably said this before, but I really think Apple should build five products. <laughs> they should build a thermostat. They should build a camera a light, an outlet, and a door lock. And they just build them. <laughs> just, just call it a day. They build them. Yeah. By the way, that's about that's about 90% of the market, right, are those five things. And you just say, we're building all of these because all the Apple users would immediately just start buying those mm-hmm. to do that. And, and they would, and then HomeKit would be a thing because all the Apple, if, if Apple built those five things, Apple users, like real, you know, really deep Apple users would buy those five things and wait for everybody to show up at HomeKit. Like they would just be like, I'm not doing it. It would basically block everything else for an Apple user forever. Like they would just simply go, well, I got this stuff and I'm just going to wait for people to use HomeKit rather than trying. They would, all of us would stop. I mean, all of us that are really like hardcore, like Mac only would stop even looking well, at everybody else's stuff. Home if it didn't kit. say HomeKit and really be HomeKit, no one would even bother anymore. But that, I mean, yeah. that ship has sailed, Alex. HomeKit is over. HomeKit is matter. Matter yeah. is HomeKit. Yeah. Everything Hopefully. in the future is going to be matter. But that doesn't stop Apple from making good. I agree with you that it doesn't stop Apple from getting into this area. In fact, it, it feels to me, somebody just asked in our uh, IRC about uh, making wire, Wi-Fi routers and Apple stopped doing that. And it was an era in the mid-2000s some, or 2010s, something weird happened at Apple where they're like, let's just stop making accessories. Let's stop making displays. Let's stop making Wi-Fi. We're just right. not going to bother. And in hindsight, I think it was a mistake, right? Like yeah, they, they let the Eros and Orbeez of the world kind of make the product that should have been the next generation airport product. And I agree, like a thermostat, uh, some other small products. I think that there's some opportunities. Uh, uh, a sound bar that is literally a HomePod and an Apple TV. 
uh, and a and a, a camera put together. They have all the tech. They have all the <laughs> software. Like there's a bunch of products out there. Uh, a a uh, a kitchen ish sort of thing with a speaker and a display, like the Echo Show or the or the Google Nest uh, Home. Right? Like there are some opportunities. They don't have to do them all, but they haven't done anything other than these speakers and the Apple TV. And it's it is weird. It's weird. Well, yeah, but I mean, I, I would love to. I don't think Apple could ever do that and really pull it off in a way that would make most even Apple freaks happy. Because the, the the great thing about home automation, if there is a great thing about it, is the idea of being at Home Depot and and choosing between like two different home heating systems and saying, hey, well, hey, great, the controller for one of these actually built uh, will actually work natively with A, B, and C. Which and I have A and B. If Apple were to be in the position where Oh well, we were hoping that you'd buy your home heating system at an Apple yeah, store. But, like, no, I'm not going to do that. And when you and when you're in a situation where I really, I, I, it's an esoteric thing, but I really, I really want my curtains to be open and closed, like uh, according to uh, according to workflows that I make and other things. And oh well, we don't make one that actually works well with that. But hey, look at this light bulb we sell for eight dollars more than what you can buy almost any any other yeah. bulb for. I don't think I think you'd have to be a real Apple zealot to say. I'm only going to I'm I'm satisfied with Apple saying no we refuse to we, we refuse to build things based on standards to we're, we refuse to put ourselves out that way to make things easier and give the the customers more choices although I, I do agree with the idea that it's always nice when there's something that Apple at least you can always tell when Apple some engineers at this company they got they they got like the the two month like hotel room in Cupertino and they were making regular trips into the spaceship campus they got special access to make sure that their hardware worked extremely well cuz you you always tell the ones that were blessed by Apple even though they weren't made by Apple so i you always want to have that in the lineup but the only thing that oh, that always disappoints me about Apple is that they're really great. They've proven they're really great when they control the entire widget, the entire uh, flow from start to finish. They're not so great when it's like, yes, but what if I don't want to use Apple headphones? Can you make it work with that? So that's my yeah. reaction. And and I think that I think that the issue is is that I I just I think it's it's part of this this folds back into why I like Apple to just have the Apple Store and everything else is because. Everybody else just dorky things like they just do. They just do all these home automation is just dorky. You know, like the, it's all weird ways to pair it and weird ways to do all this other stuff. And you're just like, dudes, like, why don't you just fix this? You know, and, and I'm used to just being able to like with an Apple product, this goes here. Oh, you want to ch- trade Wi-Fi? You want to sign in? Yeah. You want me to load all this stuff in? You want to make all this stuff go? And the thing is, is that and, and Apple has, I will argue, almost never succeeded. They always want to open up the market to third parties and they try not to get in the way by building the own, their own products. Like I think iBooks was a huge disaster because of this because they didn't really push down and build real content that took advantage of what they could, what the platform could do. They just asked Pearson to do something and Pearson, you know, just put out stuff that comes out of the back of a horse. And so the, um, so the, uh, and so that the issue is, is then you ended up with no imagination. I think Apple has to take that that first step, you know, and I don't think it's, I, I don't know. I, I've been trying to get home automation to work for 20 years and I just, I'm now just waiting. <laughs> I'm just waiting to like see something. Like I'm, 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 I'm bristled and, and frustrated. And, and 
again, a lot of the things that are the promise of matter, right? The idea that you have these controllers that are running, that they, that they can talk to one another. The promise of matter, the theory of matter is it is HomeKit taken to the next level and anybody can buy in, right? It's not right. Apple specific. It is Google behind it and Amazon behind it. Like everybody's behind it. Um, the problem is it just hasn't happened yet. Uh, for whatever reason, everything is slow to market. But like the dream is that th- this is all going to get better because the underlying uh, structure of matter is intended to solve a lot of the problems we've seen in this first generation of of home standards. The problem is again, where is it? I would like to see it. And and yeah, there are categories I think where Apple could contribute. Not something that would box out other people by being incompatible, because I think that that ship has sailed with matter. But by making a product that has some nice extra stuff in it that makes it worth spending more money, because that is sort of the Apple deal. And would that be a, a Wi-Fi router or would that be a sound bar or something yeah. like that? I think those are places where they can add a little extra, charge a lot extra, and <laughs> sell a lot to people who are drifting through an Apple store uh, at their local shopping center. And that that's the business model, right? Yeah. I would love to, I would love to see them make a Wi-Fi router because that is so well placed for their uh, for, for how they describe themselves the idea of not only having a home networking that works really really extremely well that's just you plug it in and it goes as well as as well as any networking device can be plug and play uh on top of everything else the power of a router to protect every computer inside that house from uh, from uh, from uh, adware from 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 ad tracking from marketing from everything uh, i have a, i have a pie hole on my uh, on my network that simply says hey look here's a, here's a list of of constantly updated uh, domain names uh, for uh, addresses for uh, marketing companies that that track your track your your behavior online just block every single thing that comes through that through those portals, it just simply never reaches any device inside the house. Imagine something like that. Only it's not really tricky to set up. It's not. It doesn't feel like a form of, of magic in order to do. It's just an Apple product, and it's a switch that is on by default <laughs> that you would only turn off if you find the one thing that doesn't work anymore. And then there's an easy way to make an exception for that. There's so and that's and that's only one thing you can do once if you create like the the golden router uh, that solves so many so many problems problems that 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 pop up and then just absolutely kill your entire day apple's in a really good position to fix that i'd love to see them do a router yeah i've i've wasted lots of pixels and lots of bytes and lots of places writing columns about that andy over the (laughs) last few years and i agree with you i think it goes straight to apple's desire to be seen as a privacy company right say ease of use put this in in there uh, they it would allow them to potentially do things like, if not straight up VPN, to put private routing and yeah, do their, private relay yeah, and all yeah. of those things built in there, and say we you can trust us. We're gonna we're gonna protect you from all this stuff. And maybe yes, maybe some pie hole style ad blocking as well. Like they can they could really gum up the works in a delightful <laughs> way if yes. they wanted to. And although Eero and Orbi sort of obviously made the product that Apple would have made if they had made a product in 2016, 2017, 2015. Um, they, they didn't, but they, that's still out there. The idea that you can you could put mesh networking in different Apple products as well to spread them throughout your house. Like, I still think there's probably an opportunity there for them to do something. I just wish they had thought of it five years ago. But I think Apple in 2015 was in a real weird place where they just decided they were not going to bother with any ancillary products. And I think it, you know, the display is a great example where they had to say, okay, that was a mistake. And I think for Wi-Fi, yeah, I think displays. it was a mistake too. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think Apple's still influenced by uh, Steve Jobs' magic quadrant when he came back to Apple? They had so many SKUs and he just cut it down to home and business, portable and desktop. 
And but that was for the Mac, think, right? That I mean, was you know, the Mac. Dubs, but, but Dubs came I, out with the airport. I feel like he always said, you know, they're, say no more often than you say yes. I feel like he had this kind of idea of of purity. When I worked when I worked at McDonald's way back in the day, there were people who came in. I know, I know, this is good, right? Uh, there we got were people, time. We got time. Yeah, <laughs> we got time. Tell us the story. When I worked at like? McDonald's back. What was in the on the menu then? There were people who came in and said, "Why don't you do you know a roast beef sandwich?" Or you know, they had all these ideas. And 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 seriously, in that day, I, it's changed a little bit. But the idea was, no, no, you want a very small number of products that you can make well. With minimal training and minimal equipment, but you get the menu too complicated, uh, it, it, then you can't keep quality control. And I think that there's a reason right. for that. Why do you think, though, Apple doesn't do? I mean, a, a router and a soundbar all built around matter kind of makes sense. And then, and then Alex's idea of you know, in a thermostat, you know, the the lock, the four big, you know, home automation products. That seems like that would be something Apple could do quite well. I think that originally, I think that really the idea is, is Apple knows that once they go in and take away 80% of the market, 90% of the market, it's hard to get other people to congeal around them. So the idea is like, we can't build everything. So let's just build a platform that people can integrate because we don't want to necessarily get into the smaller business. We don't want to necessarily do this, but we want to make it available to our users, but we don't want to, but we don't want to take it over. And I will admit that if they took the, the five things that I listed, that's like 80, 90% of the, of the home automation market. They would literally just, they would fill out that. And then it, the question is, can you attract, you'd have to be betting on the fact that a lot of people are going to buy into that because if, if not enough people buy into it, then that market's dead because, you know, it's, it's all, you know, closed and they, they're self-contained because they have most of what they need. Um, so I think that Apple, you know, and they, I feel like the same thing they did with iBooks, same thing they've done a couple other times where they try to go, we're going to nurture the market forward. Um, but they didn't either, they didn't nurture it enough or they, you know, they, um, and, and that's the, you know, I think that I hope, I hope when we look at AR, for instance, that, that Apple looks at what Epic's doing, um, which is the mega grants and really leans into that um, because, you know, Unity and, and Unreal were equal. And then Epic said, Hey, we can spend a hundred million dollars, you know, at a time, not, not even a guarantee is only a hundred million, but a hundred million at a time to, um, you know, engage people to build something. I don't think Apple yeah. really did that. They don't want to pay to other people to develop for them. And that becomes problematic. Yeah. I, I think, I think it's a combination of things. I, I think that what Leo said has some, has some influence on, uh, on Apple culture where they do like to have a streamlined, uh, a streamlined product line. Uh, and I think that it's, it becomes problematic when you start to compete with, uh, when, when you, when you create a router, it's really going to be difficult to educate people on. Here's why our $200 router is better than the $90 router you can get at Home Depot, uh, the, or you can get at uh, Best Buy or any place else. That's hard. That's, that's hard to, you have, you have to, there, it's not that there's no differences between them, it's, but you have to really make sure you communicate those really, really clearly. But more than that, I think that, uh, Actually, this hits back on, uh, on, on the HomePod. Apple famously, they have a very, very limited amount of bandwidth, like for focus on products. They don't, uh, I think one of the reasons why the HomePod didn't, uh, was canceled and had to be revived is because it just had to be backburnered for so, for time after time after time, cycle after cycle. It, it could not get the love and the, and the iteration that it would have gotten had Apple had the principle of, nope, guess what? Congratulations. You get your own building uh, on the campus. You are the, you are the HomePod unit. Make the best one you can. Here's the budget for it. And just keep coming back at us. I think that part of the problem is that you, they just, 
don't have for good for good or bad. Uh, and I think right now we're seeing the good of it that they don't have that they're, they're not bringing in all these teams. That they have to then lay off uh, in a in a bad economic do- downturn. But they don't have the amount of bandwidth to fo- to create that many different product lines and give them all the love that they would need in order to thrive and survive. Somebody yeah, in the I chat was- room said, you know, the airport extreme was an audio device. We forget that it yeah. had an audio. It was check. an airplay airplay yeah. out as well. I think you know. I suspect that in that moment where they killed the airport, that what they were really saying is that they didn't have a vision for like why yeah. that that category needed anything because it was a commoditized product and a lot of cable modems were. They all had Wi-Fi then, and it's like, well, why wouldn't you use that? And it's funny because about you know a few years later, it became clear I think why you actually would want to make that product, and that's when Eero and Orbi came out because you you know because you don't want to trust your cable company's routing. Their Wi-Fi is probably not good enough. That the, the whole idea of a mesh network to extend your Wi-Fi uh, and have it be better and faster, like they missed the cycle because they were not wrong in that moment. It really did feel like Wi-Fi was just a commodity and it was going to all be in your cable router and who cared. And uh, and that was that was right at the time, but wrong soon thereafter. And and uh, it's it's just kind of a funny thing that yeah. I think they were looking for projects to, as Andy said, projects to throw overboard to say yeah. with some discipline, right? Like we don't need to make this product just because we made it in the past. The world has got this thing down to a science. We don't need to be here because the reason they made airport in the first place was that they had Wi-Fi before right. most other companies did. And they wanted a first class Wi-Fi uh, uh, solution, right? Uh, but that time had passed. So that's what I got yeah. out of it. Unfortunately, they, they, they wanted their customers to have a really good experience when there are very few routers, Wi-Fi right. routers available back back when that every iBook, single laptop. Right. Did, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I wonder, I really do wonder why they're not listening to us. This reminds me of and I always <laughs> skip by these on Reddit uh, in the Mac uh, subreddit and uh, the iOS subreddit. There's always people who have my new design for how the system preference pane should look. And I just, I skip by it. It's like, dream on, dude. You, nobody's, nobody at Apple is, is checking Reddit to see what your design for the next MacBook Pro should be. It's, it's uh, a fantasy. Uh I don't think Apple's listening to MacBreak Weekly for new product well, ideas. I, I I think I think they do listen, but they listen to criticism of what they're doing. They don't take requests, right? That, that's not. Yeah, what they there do. you go. They don't take say requests. That's it. So so they're going to listen if you say, you know what? I think the new system settings app on the Mac sucks, and here are my many reasons. They are listening to that. They absolutely are listening to that. Yep. What they are less interested in is your redesign. Of right. the system settings app, they have people whose job it is to Trained you know it's a classic it's a classic design thing. I mean, this was like when I when I was the editor at MacWorld, I had a, a an art director, and like I wouldn't tell him how to design the cover. Right. I'd give him sort of like input right. about like here are the things that would be good, and here are the things right. that would be bad. Now you, as a professional, take all that in and don't give me you know don't if I say like make the font big like. Take, take away from that that I want it to be prominent, uh, but don't take the details because right. I don't know the details. You're right. the professional. And so that's that's the level at which Apple, I think, does listen to generally, maybe not us in particular, but us as a, the world outside of Apple is about like the, the details of what people are complaining about, not how to solve them. Right. Like that's not well, what they're looking and for. And like your designer, Apple has all sorts of constraints that we're not aware of from manufacture exactly. to design to cost. I mean, right. there's all Jason, sorts that of color stuff. doesn't Supply print. Chain. Yeah, right. Yeah. We, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, but the printers can't do magenta. They but can't. Thanks yeah. for the suggestion. <laughs> See ya. 
It reminds me of my days when I was a DJ in radio. Oh, and, yes. you know, every radio station says, you know, call us with your requests. And it's the worst, <laughs> the, the worst nightmare for a DJ is people, because at some of some of the stations I had to answer, you know, you'd be answering the phone during your show. There'd be a, there'd be phone lines. You were supposed to record. You remember this, Alex? You're supposed to record them, you cart them up, cart them up, and then you say, "Hey, it's John from Fresno. I'd really like to hear, uh, you know, the Doobie Brothers. <laughs> well, we, uh, don't stop it even." But the problem is that the people at but, home don't but know. Brothers, but okay. It, who did I say? That's Journey. 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 Don't, don't stop believing. Stop yeah. Believing. What's the Michael yeah. McDonald one? I but, can't. Stop believing. Anyway, it's uh. Yeah. Anyway, that's the point. You <laughs> might ask for the Doobie Brothers. Don't Tuesday. stop believing. But I can't play it. And there's you know, also AI. there's soon also AI a playlist that I am following. There's no room for requests right. on the I playlist. I suggest you request something that's on the top forty. <laughs> yeah, just ask for something I have in front of me. Then, uh, uh, but that's why you record them and you play them back to pretend. You're taking well. You, you 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 play yeah. the song that was already in the rotation. Yeah, you know, like, right. like you, you just look yeah. at like oh, uh, find one that, that 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 pops in there. You know, soon with AI though, you will be able to say, "I'd like the Doobie Brothers singing." Don't stop believing. You can just now. You know, did you send me? It was you who sent me Ariana Grande singing a Billie Eilish song. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So soon, soon you won't have to wait. You you, you can mismatch all of those things, and you'll just get a song. Okay. <laughs> Don't stop believing. <laughs> Keep forgetting. No. <laughs> you don't know me, but I'm your brother. <laughs> isn't there? Wait a minute. Is it my? Am I doing a little uh, Sinbad thing? Wasn't there a Doobie Brothers song about believing? Am I wrong? I must be wrong. I'm sure, I'm sure on the doobie, you believe okay. a lot of things, Doody. man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, what a fool that, believes. Is that it? I think it's what a fool, fool believes. believes. What a fool believes. That's yeah. what I... Oh, thank you for making me not such an idiot. Okay. So don't... don't so, the, so the song would be Don't Stop Believing don't stop Like a Fool. Don't Stop What a Fool Believes. You know? What a, what a fool, <laughs> doesn't stop, hey, stop fools, believing. Hey, don't stop believing. <laughs> um... Anyway, the wordle, it's five letters long. And- <laughs> but what do the colors mean, Jason? What do the colors mean? Yeah, see, well, no, 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 Leo, no. there are two colors. There, there's, you know, the, 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 the prime golden gilded like, aspirational example of this is on Channel 38, WSBK in Boston. Every Saturday, there used to be a show called Ask the Manager, where, like, the, the station management Perfect. would be, like, at a, at a table on the middle of a, whatever studio set was still standing, and they would simply, like, answer questions like sent in by like viewers normally about hey how come when you when, when they showed the three stooges you showed all shemps last weekend and it was it was it was appointment television because i'm not sure they had any belief whatsoever that anybody was watching i would i would tune in and for the first eight minutes we would like like and one and on and they would be in the middle of a conversation about how to rotate tires because one of the managers was about to like take their tires in and so but and they're making diagrams and sharing with each other. Okay, so if I have so if I have a spare tire, is the spare tire number five, so it goes five one four two one. I swear to God, I did not make this up. This is this is what that show was, and it was the best television. This this is what this is what mega mergers of uh, of, of 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 TV of, of TV station well, of broadcast companies. This is what this is what it's cost us. Ask the manager, well, and, and, doughy middle aged ex, uh, UHF television executives arguing with each other. Oh, about, that's called a podcast. That's just well, what no, the podcast is no, done. It, but, yeah. 
but but like it. like if if you looked at like what what would I prefer to watch with the foot with uh, the Super Bowls coming up, and what would I prefer to watch the <laughs> the Manning brothers without any guests? Yeah, you talked about this, yeah, just geeking out talking about the Super Bowl, and I would watch that in expertise over top of over top, just just yeah. hanging out talking to each other, um, not no guests. Yeah, it ruins it. But yeah, it'd be fun. So it just yeah the the, the fluidness of it. Since we have who would we to, get to do that? Who should? That's a good podcast. Ask the manager. Who would, the manager. Who would we get to do that? <laughs> oh, Lisa, have have Lisa, Lisa do I ask know. the manager? <laughs> Here's why we're never going to do your stupid podcast idea. That yeah, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> yeah, not. it's a call-in show where you take requests and then and then refuse them. <laughs> and tell why and say why you, you cart them up. You cart them up, and then at the end you go no no no. No, I'll tell you, and I'll tell you why that song doesn't nope, exist. You've do conflated it. a Journey song and a yeah. Doobie Brothers song into one song that doesn't exist, and, and I can't and play not, it. We're not even at AOR anymore. <laughs> like we can't. We can't play that song. That's out more in rock. We're we're modern rock now. We can't play Journey. You know, it's, right. it's outside of our right. format. Billy, the intern, broke that record, so we can't play it. Sorry, that's <laughs> so, why we never play it. It's speaking Billy, of this, by Billy the way, stepped on it. I signed up and I got invited to um, this voice. AI place called Eleven Labs that was very oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. And have you played with it a little bit? They've actually oh, had some problems. Yes. Because uh-huh. let me play back just so you hear oh I guess I can't. Let's see. Um I you know, I I don't know. Anyway, I'm signed up. But they there was very good, but they had some problems because 4chan got a hold of it. Yeah. And uh Big surprise. And they they've been using it to uh create f- deep fakes, frankly. <laughs> Emma Watson reading Mein Kampf, for instance. Um, it's funny because Descript, uh, the podcasting software, has had this for a while, but they make you be on a, a paid tier to get it. And the and what do you have the promo is, from uh, Sunday? Because we these did guys this gave it away D- for free. We did it with Descript. I, Anthony Nielsen came in late last week and said, "Would you just read this?" And I read something and I said, what is this? I said, my name is Leo Laporte and I give full permission to use my voice. <laughs> what, is, what are you doing, Anthony? And he used, I, was it a script or was it a, I can't remember what he used, but he used one of those to create a deep fake Leo for our uh, our promo. Yeah, it's right at the very beginning. Do you have the promo there? Oh, wait a minute. You know what? I have it in my email because I think Victor I just put it in our disc. I put one in our Discord if you want to play it. Oh yeah, let me let me <laughs> verify that I, Leo Laporte, like Descript to create an overdub version of my voice. Why do you want this, Anthony? No idea. Well, hey, hey, hey! It's AI Leo Laporte, the AI tech guy. You think week, I'd pronounce my own name better? <laughs> Here's a, this is not Jason. Is that is that is this you? Yeah. And this was done by whom? This is 11 Labs. 11. Looking beyond these particular trees to see the whole forest, the new MacBook Pro models are also the first Macs oh my to be God. powered by high-end versions of the M2, Apple's second generation. The only Mac- thing missing, there's a little bit in your prosody. That's the that's what they use. They apply prosody, which is your unique voice characteristics, your timbre and your pitch and your intonation, to a synthesized voice and then get your voice. The only thing missing, there's a little there's a little thing you do the little mm-hmm. peak that's missing. So it's, they it have a sounds slider. dead. They have a slider Specific system on a chip. The laptop that will take you. See when you said more or less. When you of said that, right? they have a slider. See, I like that's what they makes have a you slider. You it, it sounds they have a slide. Two pro and, and what did M2 you do to Max train configurations? it? Configurations and those chips I, differ. 
I uploaded about 10 minutes of audio from my uh, the Upgrade podcast yesterday. It's so the easiest thing for us to, to do. <laughs> they don't ask you to say certain things. So you don't no, have to read no, thing. it's, it's you just train it on existing content. And it's again, the slider is the fascinating part because at one end of this slider, it sounds like this and it's very monotone. And at the other end, it's crazy. At the other end, it's, it's like, too much. and I'm on the radio <laughs> and it's like this. And back to you, Jan, right? And so you've got to find the right place in the slider where it's got some of that uh, but but it does. I I I played it for my wife, and she's like, it sounds like you like reading a like a script, but a little depressed. Reading a script, yeah, a little yeah. depressed, like not yeah, quite exactly. Yeah, but recognizably, I would say recognizably my voice. That's what I would say. And now here's a little segment a from Ask the Manager on TV 38 in Boston. <laughs> No, 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 hey, no, no, you're welcome. Here, here. Hey, let's get a chair. We have, isn't it amazing? <laughs> this isn't even set up. Uh, here's a Wait, is it set up or are you being no, on? No, no, oh, great. No, no. Thank you, Hannah. Here, sit down. <laughs> you don't need a mic because we're going to be. He's the manager, the guy in the oh, middle. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah. Get a question. Okay, uh, on the, on the, share this microphone. Oh, is that nice? Thank you, Bruce. This is cozy. That's Dana Hersey, the movie loft guy. The guy fell off his chair. There, there might have been two could cocktails. There, could there be a cheesier set in your life? This is like a Saturday Night Live skit. Thank you for uh, for the Discord for sending us that. Ask the manager. Dan falls off. Oh, you did it, Dan. Of course. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just looked at the name and it's Inako. Oh, <laughs> Inako did it. Inako did it. I not co. Oh, oh, it's Andy's uh, link. Well done. I have to say, I was interested in Eleven Labs. You, I mean, you could use that voice to read your articles. That's what you were doing, and I think that well, would that be fine. that's. I think right. Like I, I actually had that moment where I thought this is good enough that if I wanted to, for accessibility reasons, right, I could make. MP3s of the day's posts at six colors and put it in a podcast feed, right? With Dan's voice and my voice. Like I could totally do that and it would be okay. Like it would be good enough for you to listen to it in the car or something, even if it wasn't like me narrating it, it would be good enough. And I know this is why Descript does it is you end up in an environment where you're like working on a radio show or a podcast or something and and the host is gone and you need one line of bridging dialogue. Exactly. Right? And so you generate it and drop it in and nobody knows the difference. Uh, but it, you, yes, you can also use it as a deep fake and make people say horrible things. And that's just the world we live in. Well, and I, but I, I also think that it's, it is, it's super exciting that someone who listens to only listens to <laughs> to things like if I, if anything long form, there's more than about 500 words. I'm going to, I need to listen to it or I'm not going to get it, you know? And, uh, I love the idea that potentially every magazine article in existence, every, everything out there could be read, you know, that I don't have to sit there and read it. I can just put it on. I can be working on something else and listening to these magazine articles. I think it's great from the writers potentially, maybe not all writers to do, print their print their voice so we hear every writer you hear them speaking their words they don't have to sit down and do the recording they just write it all out and they can choose to use their voice or use some other voice that they like or whatever but the point is is that every magazine becoming an audio magazine is and every book you know apple's providing that service um i feel bad i was talking talking to a friend there's like i was thinking to get into Reading books, I was like, you know, like there's now like it's not market- the time to get into that. There's business. like a marketplace. There's like a marketplace <laughs> yeah. for like smaller book sellers to have people write it. Yeah, and and I was like, mm, ah, that, that, that shit might have passed like six months ago. You know, like yeah. like it, it was around. It was around this, for thirty years. This was my retirement plan. I was going to read audio books. <laughs> Forget that. 
exactly. Or maybe I could just take, maybe I could, because, you know, part of the problem is it's even, even with a really good reader, like Jeff Gurner doing uh, uh, the, the, you know, uh, Daniel Suarez books, it's $5,000 a book. That's a lot of work for $5,000. For me, it'd be a month of work. Easy. Uh, so it's, you know, it's kind of a, not a great income, but, uh, if you had an AI do it, <laughs> maybe I'd license my voice and then it's easy, yeah. right? Easy work. Well, and I it think that be, again, the, the, the biggest, the highest profile books and magazines are all going to be written, read by somebody that, that is, is reading it and pulling the most out of it. And that's probably going to happen for at least the next five years. But the the real excitement is the for me is the long tail. It's all the little things that we right now are listening to pretty bad audio, and I think that pretty soon, um, you know, we're gonna just gonna have something in our iPhone that says, "Do you just want to read what you what you see here?" You know, and we see that with Dream Reader, I think, right now. Sure. Um, yeah, but the big problem is all the bibliography. That's what I run into. It's always it runs into the end of the. If you read research articles, I read like an hundred ninety. I listened to a hundred ninety two page NASA thing um and but there was always these breaks for about five minutes at a time of all the all the uh, references <laughs> no you know, number they, they, two end of every, ibid yeah. oh god yeah <laughs> oh my god that's, that's i'm driving good. so i can't i can't not do yeah. it i just, just they like, can I'm filter just that out anthony nielsen's in our uh, discord anthony when you used my voice for descript to do that did you tune down did you was it was it better than that and you turned it down so that it would sound more mechanical for the promo because i i would i mean it i was obviously you know, leo laporte was not you know how i was going to say it i wonder if it could be more accurate that uh, it sounds like the 4chan you know they had ben shapiro beating up uh alexandria ocasio cortez they had rick sanchez from Rick and Morty saying, I'm going to meet my wife, Morty, <laughs> which is, you know, I mean, that's 4chan in a nutshell. But apparently the, the these were so well done. Donald Trump on Epstein Island. These were so do so well done that it caused problems. Satire. I will say satire is never seen. <laughs> that's true. You know, like, you know, like, that's you, true. You know, but you know, but and I, that and is I, problematic, isn't it? It, I, I think that it's really important that people don't believe in what they see and hear. Well, from now okay, on, I, that's the I, key, isn't it? Well, I think as, they, as, no, it, just in general. It, yeah. In general, it's been this way for about 100 years, maybe yeah. 200 years, that you shouldn't really believe a single source of anything. Um, but but we now it's become very clear for us about why you shouldn't believe in any single source and possibly even multiple sources. You really have to take everything in. That's why we have courts. That's why we have evidence. That's why we have things because things look very like we see the cell phone footage and then we don't know what the context is. And then we see the context and we're like, oh, okay, this makes more, this, you know, so, so these, the, you know, all of these things kind of weigh themselves out, you know, as you, as you go through those, those, um, those things. And so, uh, you know, I think anybody thinking that they know what's happening around them, you know, on based on one uh, sound clip or video clip, you know, I think yeah. we're erasing that pretty quickly, but it was all, it was always a little suspect or a lot suspect. It's just now really obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Here is uh 11 labs just from their front page, some sample of voices. The ultimate promise of technology is to make us master of a world that we command by the push of a button. This is good. It sounds no better. I don't think it sounds any different than the Apple voices we played uh, a couple of weeks ago from there. And and again, if I'm listening to it, I mean, there's uh, the ultimate the, promise of technology is to make us master of a world ooh, that, that we command hurt. by the push of a button. Well, but you get to choose. <laughs> I would not choose that one. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was painful. Yeah, I can't get into Eleven Labs, even though I got accepted in the beta now, because 
I think they're really kind of nervous. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, I would totally pay. I mean, this is a service like like Descript, right? This is something that, as a professional who does audio, I absolutely would pay for this. The ability to generate a model fairly easily that I can tweak. I mean, obviously, the really good professional um, text-to-speech stuff, you can actually put in little notes in the text and punctuation that changes the the voice so you could get it to be really 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 good i definitely think there's a professional product here as well as just a screwing around on the internet uh, anthony put in the uh, two different versions he said actually 11 laps was a little bit better but still not good this is Descript, which is, by the way, we should mention what Descript. Tell us what Descript does, uh, Jason. It's so good. So Descript yeah. is a, a combination of different features, right? So it is a it is a speech-to-text engine, and it is a podcast editing tool. And so what you do is you upload your audio, and it, instead of it being a traditional linear editor like Logic or Audition, it brings up a word processing document, essentially. And I use this for my, um, uh, uh, in 2020, I did the 20 Max for 2020 project, where I, I it was a podcast that was like super edited, and I did a bunch of interviews and the way that i made that show is i took quotes from the interviews in descript i'd run them all through and i copied and pasted them in and when you copy the text or edit the text the underlying audio is edited too so you can edit a whole podcast not by editing audio clips but by removing words and moving things around in a in like a Microsoft Word document, essentially, except it's actually audio underlying it. And then when all of that, you can also tighten it up. They have a little uh, linear editor, uh, nonlinear editor you can look at and you can tighten it up. You can also do what I did, which is just export it out and then finish it in Logic or Audition after it's done the heavy lifting. Couldn't have done that project without it. It is amazing. You can absolutely, I was so skeptical. And there are some things that are not perfect that you need to tweak, but you can get a podcast 98% of the way there just by editing text like you're in a text editor. I'll tell you, it's funny. You know, we launched Twit 14, no more than that. It's 18 years ago. And uh, at the time, I was doing all the editing uh, myself, and I would spend hours sometimes working on a Twit trying to get it usable. And uh, had these tools been here, I don't know if Twit would have the same look and feel with all the staff that we have because – uh, it's just a different world now. Here's the uh, here's uh, Anthony gave me uh, this is Descript's version of my voice. I, Leo Lepport of Sound Mind, think Anthony should get a raise. <laughs> oh, Anthony, let's see the Eleven Labs version. This episode of Ask the Tech Guys is brought to you by Eight Sleep. Good sleep is the ultimate game changer, nope. and the pod cover <laughs> is the ultimate sleep machine. It's kind of. Doesn't you sound it, like you're in your twenties. Yeah, like, 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 like you haven't Leo. really found yourself yet. You're yeah. still it has it has the residence yet, but it's kind of like when you get started it's, in radio, you don't. Yeah, have yeah. This just hasn't broken your heart yet, Leo. Yeah. That's what it sounds. Actually, like. Actually, when I started in radio, my mom used to say, "You sound like your voice is full of helium." It's because <laughs> I don't know why, but I thought you're supposed to talk like this on the radio. It just, it just it still has that optimism without that dash of pessimism and, and resignation. Oh, that's it. I got the cynic. Yeah, there's, it needs a cynicism dial to turn, <laughs> up, yeah. turn up the cynicism a little bit and uh, we'll be okay. Uh, let's take a little break. When we come back, we'll break your heart even further. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, we're going to go to the rumor section. I think you probably know what's coming next. But before we do that, I do want to tell you about the email program that I've used for more than a decade. Uh, I have been using Fastmail uh, more than 10 years, I think. And uh, I, what happened was, for a long time, I was on, like most of us, on Gmail. And I thought, oh, it's good, it's free. Yeah, blah, blah. And I started to realize, you know, I'm seeing ads. I don't know exactly if I trust Google with my email. It doesn't have all the tools I want. I was getting more and more dissatisfied with Gmail. 
That's when I found fast mail and my life changed. Free email is not free. You pay with your privacy. For over 20 years, Fastmail has been a leader in email privacy. Privacy first. At Fastmail, your data stays yours. Better productivity features. Really, it is much more usable. Starts as little as $3 a month. Because Fastmail, at Fastmail, you're the customer, not the product. All Fastmail data, you'll be glad to know, stored in the U.S. Fastmail is fully GDPR compliant. They offer some really nice features, which I love. For instance, if you use Bitwarden, our other sponsor, you can use Fastmail for uh, uh, obscured email addresses when you create new logins. So every login, every account you log into has, of course, a unique password, but also a unique login, a unique email address. But it still works because Fastmail lets you create these addresses automatically using uh, 1Password or Bitwarden. So... uh, that's just another way to add to security. Another way Fastmail really serves you and your privacy. Masked email protects your personal data because you can create multiple addresses when you sign up. I have a different website address for every site I've signed up to. Uh, privacy is not all, though. You can customize your workflow. They've got a great webmail interface. Really, really nice. Custom swipes, colors. They've got night mode. So you really will feel like, oh, I can use the webmail. And I do often, in fact, I have it pinned uh, almost all my browsers. But then it also, because it's real IMAP, not not Google's pseudo IMAP, it's real IMAP. You can use it with any email client, and it works beautifully. The anti-spam protection in Fastmail is second to none. And if you are a more sophisticated user, they use Civ behind the scenes, an open source a scripting language that you can use to really control your email. I have a long Civ script that I've been working on and using over a, over the decade to improve. And now my email classification is flawless. It's fast. It's easy. It happens in the inbox. Whenever I log in from any email client or on the web, it's all done for me. Desktop, mobile. They have a great mobile app. I love the Fastmail app. You're going to get the most out of your email. And because they use an open source server, Cyrus, and they contribute back to the open source community. In fact, Fastmail has done a lot to improve email for all of us. Uh, you know you're working with a company that really cares about this ecosystem. U.S.-based support team, they're not just reading a notebook. They're email experts. When you reach out, they will put you first and they will help you because Fastmail believes in working for customers as people to be cared for, not products to be exploited advertisers, sorry, you're out in the cold. You and your privacy are at the center. I use Fastmail because it it checks every single box, works great with every email program. Of course, Mac Mail and, and Apple Mail on the iOS platform, but it also has, uh, you know, it works with all kinds of weird. I use MailMate, works really nicely with MailMate. Uh, Fastmail is the only way to go. I have used every email service out there, and I've and Fastmail's the one. I, in fact, I just signed up for another three years. I do it three years at a time because I know I'm never moving. Uh, Fastmail, it's easy to download your old data and import it into your new Fastmail e-box, e- uh, inbox. You can actually, I have it still gathering email from Gmail, from a multiple Gmail accounts. all goes into my inbox, and with all those fancy uh, filters you can create, uh, they have a point-and-quick click way, very easy way to make filters. Um, I, I don't, I never have to worry about getting my Gmail mixed in with my real mail, but I still get it. I still know it's there. New internet standards supported by Fastmail for authentication are rapidly being adopted globally, worldwide. That's how good they are. 
hey, it's a new year, it's a new you, let's do some new email with FastMail. Reclaim your privacy, boost your productivity, make email yours with FastMail. Try it free for 30 days, fastmail.com slash twit. I actually use them for DNS for most of my websites too because that way I automatically get great email services along with the website, fastmail.com slash twit. Right now you get a 15% discount on your whole first year if you sign up today. At, please do that address to fastmail.com slash twit. You know, every uh, every time I talk about fastmail, I hear from people, real email experts who say, oh, yeah, that's the only it's the only email. It's the only way to go. Uh, I see that all the time on Hacker News and elsewhere. Oh, yeah, he's fastmail. That's, it's, it's like the early days of Google where you, John C. Dvorak would ch- test people and see how geeky they were. He said, what, what search engine do you use? And if they said Excite or Alta Vista, he'd go... Now, if you say Gmail or worse, Yahoo or AOL, you can really rank people's expertise. But if they say FastMail, I know. I know. They know what they're doing. You should be using it. FastMail. Make email yours. FastMail.com slash twit. And we thank them. I'm so, I've been plugging FastMail for years. Glad to finally get them on as an advertiser. Uh, <laughs> don't tell them that, though, because, you know, they probably get the free plugs no matter what. Uh, let's talk real quickly about what's not going to happen, a folding iPad. (laughs) Ming-Chi Kuo said in 2024, folding iPads, to which Mark Gurman immediately tweeted, not hearing anything about a folding iPad in 2024. He does say there will be some exciting new iPad uh, designs next year. Uh, OLED iPad Pros, entry level and a mini spec bump. We do need to update the mini, and I love the mini. That should be updated. As I wrote before, 2023 will be a light year for the iPad and watch, but nothing about folding. Although this is a weird m- rumor, the the foldable iPad with carbon fiber kickstand. That's Ming Chi Kuo's speculation. Ross Young also uh, tweeted. I have his tweet somewhere. Where is it? Uh, no, that's uh, all my tweets are confusing me. Here we go. Ross Young have heard about a 20.5 inch foldable notebook. For 2025, but nothing about a foldable iPad for 2024. Maybe this is just good PR for the Hinge company. (laughs) Maybe maybe Ming-Chi Kuo was talking to the Hinge folks. I have to say, I've used foldable. uh, I used the Galaxy Fold, the Flip. I've used a variety of foldables. I don't think foldable screens are really ready for prime time. They're not as good as real screens. I like the Flip phone because it's kind of small. You can put it in your pocket and open it up to a normal size. But uh, honestly, it's a gimmicky thing. I, I'm not surprised to hear this. I can't imagine. I'm surprised Apple would consider foldables of any kind. It's it's intriguing, though. Every, every time I, I love my 12.9-inch iPad Pro, but every time I put it in my bag, yeah. I really wish that if, if I could fold it in half and just make it just something that's about the size of a, of a normal iPad uh, or an iPad mini, oh, my God, would I, even if there were a tiny crease in the middle, I might even consider it. Uh, but yeah, you're right. There's a there right now. There isn't the compelling enough reason to for the extra expense, and also the jury's still kind of out on the longevity of those kind of, of those kind of devices. But I, I love what's happening in Windows space with this sort of stuff. Every time that I every time I try an interesting, a really interesting concept of a foldable, I think, oh, I hope this technology matures because i would enjoy i would enjoy having a device like this that i wouldn't wouldn't worry that gee i'm spending twelve hundred dollars extra for a for a notebook that's going to last maybe three years not quite so long and 
and I'm I uh, I'm excited about folding. I just I just don't think it's coming anytime soon. Not really. <laughs> I, I, I think it's a solid three or four years. And and I I will say I have some friends that have the foldable Samsung, and it still looks like they use it every day, and it yeah it opens up and it looks good. And I'm like. Okay, well, this might work, but I, if Apple did it before 2025 or 2026, I'd be pretty, pretty surprised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I tried to think about like why would you do this? Like what what is the reason for this? And the best thing I've come up with is it's an iPad that is its own magic keyboard. Like it's a nice big iPad, and then if you fold it into a laptop configuration with a kickstand, you can now use it in that kind of like. You, the bottom part becomes a keyboard and a and a and a pointing device, and it's the top a, part is still the apps running. It's still, um, but you know that's so esoteric, and you're going to charge a fortune for it. And I don't know about that. And then the other idea is what Andy said. You know, you could fold it in half, but the question there is: is it usable when you fold it in half? Because most of these things have discovered that you want to you, you want it to be an any and not an Audi, right? So you want to yeah. kind of fold it in on itself. That means that now. Either it's nothing when it's closed or you have to put another screen on the back. And are you really going to put another screen on the back that turns it into an iPad mini? It's I don't like, need to work when it's, it's closed. Hard. I think it protects yeah. the screen. It it's protects hard. the screen. Well, and it's right. That's that's a that's a choice is that is that it's right. just then then what your benefit is just that when you're not using it, you can you can fold it away to protect it. Is that enough? And well, I, I just I, it's hard for me to got, it's hard for as, me to see it as a proud owner of cargo pockets on like half of my pants. <laughs> you know, like like yeah. I would ah, be pretty cool. <laughs> but it's but, it, but it's it's really, really interesting. If someone were if, if the technology were mature enough that Apple would want to go for it all the way. The idea of yes, you're right. For, for me, just the idea of having it a, a full size twelve point nine inch screen that is easily more easily totable than something that doesn't fold that in itself would be a win. But if they also added it so that it doesn't just fold uh, fold flat, it also folds uh, to like a hundred and uh, to like two hundred degrees, two hundred twenty, two hundred thirty degrees. So now I can have sort of a half tablet that's sort of an easel sort of display. Yep, uh, that would be interesting too. If I could also have a, th- a third way where I can uh, f- uh, fold it in half, but now because it's an intermediate fold, uh, it's being interpreted as like a book with a left a left screen and a right screen. Yep. If that sort of thing, if if Apple or any other company really pulled that off and actually got developers to get behind it and support it, now you're starting to get me wondering, gee, I was going to spend $3,000 on like a really nicely tricked out MacBook Pro. Maybe I don't know. It's it's. I love the idea of hardware that can, that changes itself to suit whatever situation you're in at the moment. Uh, we saw that revolution when we had uh, user interfaces that could be completely glass that could uh, that could totally reconfigure themselves on the on the iPhone screen. You don't you don't have to have physical call and answer buttons. You don't have to have physical uh, uh, QWERTY keys on the on the thing. It could reconfigure itself based on the task that the app actually wants to wants. To help you out with physical conformity to that sort of thing is a, would be a really intriguing trick, and I'd love to see it happen. Not not time. Not, I don't think it'll happen anytime soon, though. As for the concept of the folding laptop, I mean, a folding lap a laptop is a folding laptop, right? Like it already, <laughs> already is. That. Yeah, but we're so talking a single screen what, across the whole. I, I think that's. I think it, that's right? it. And and who's to say that? Okay, Ming-Chi Kuo's sources are in the supply chain. He says that this is So are Ross Young's. He's a display supply chain guy. And and then Ross Young says a foldable uh, laptop. And it's like, well, they're probably seeing the same thing, right? And the idea here, what is this? What OS does this run? We talked about touchscreen 
uh, MacBook Pros, and we talked about would those be very conservative or would Apple make a convertible? Uh, the fact that all of these things have the same chips in them, it's it might be hard to tell whether you're looking at an iPad or a laptop if it's something that is basically designed to be flat like an iPad and also fold and turn into something in a laptop shape. Lenovo that makes is, uh, make we yeah. don't have to guess because Lenovo makes a ThinkPad X1 fold that is exactly that it has a big screen and unfolds um and a, and a touch screen that is also the keyboard and pointing area right, right? yeah when you're it's, in it's kind of a weird uh, it's super weird right yeah. i mean although we shouldn't like say that gimmicky. apple wouldn't do something weird with a keyboard right? right but yeah well that's the thing about it is like i get that apple would want to experiment with this but is this a product that apple would be like yep we nailed it it's going to be great it's like it yeah. seems seems a little bit weird I, and again I, and i'm looking at this uh thinkpad video it's got the same problem as the Galaxy Fold, which is those foldable screens are not very good. They're not good. They're yeah. not screens you want. They, yeah. they're and Apple weird. takes pride in their screen quality, yeah. right? Look how, and I, you know, when I look at Lisa's uh, M2 14-inch MacBook Pro, that screen is mind-bogglingly good. I mean, it's so good. Last night, uh, I, 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 she said, you can play with it for five minutes. No, she was very generous. She said, make an account on it. You can play with it. Bring it to work. Review it. I said, well, Jason, I reviewed it. But I did open up. I went to YouTube immediately and opened up a 4K HDR, uh, 120 frame per second video. And it was almost three-dimensional. It, it, that screen is so good. You won't get anything like that on a foldable screen. And I don't think yeah. Apple wants to. If they're, if they're upping the ante on there, you said, Jason, it's the best screen Apple's ever made. For, for the Mac, certainly. I think it is for the Mac. I mean, we could debate about like OLED on the iPhone and stuff. But on the Mac, the fact that it's ProMotion, that it's got those uh, mini LED backlighting. So it's not perfect OLED-like, but it's pretty It's pretty it's good. It's that pretty black faded and away. super boy. bright. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, a, it's the best. It's state-of-the-art for a Mac display, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I just, I just, and I don't think folding is going to get better much because it's just, it's the nature of the beast. It has yeah. to be a soft plastic screen to fold. Well, we'll I mean, you we'll, can fold we'll an OLED. Uh, OLEDs are just, you know, a thin sheet yeah. of material, but. It's, it's just that for years and years and years, like I've been sort of impatient because uh, like with the, uh, when a design for a laptop for a mobile computer is this static for this long, you have a keyboard and a pointy device on one side of it. You got a hinge and then you got a screen at the other side of the hinge. That's, it's not a solved problem yet. I think that there's stuff that could be done if both manufacturers, software developers and users decided to get more adventurous. And maybe and it's not, it's not necessarily a sin that the three aren't getting together and deciding to head off on that adventure together. It's, it's, it's possible they, they just want something that's practical, usable, that's exceptional in its own way. That's a, a, in this refinement of this old idea. I just think that we're leaving, we're, we're leaving some money on the table here. That there's some great ideas that aren't being really exploited because there are too many people who are going to say, Oh, that's stupid. Oh, Steve would never have approved something like that. Or, Oh, Apple would never make something like that. It's 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 interesting, and I, I I like the idea of it being out there for a crazy three percent of the market to buy uh, and to be the, these to be the only thirty thousand of these ever made, but uh, these thirty thousand that people would never ever trade in a million years. Are you ready? Let's get back to sports because, really, honestly, this should be a sports show. <laughs> Finally. 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 Are you ready? In uh, a week from Sunday, it's uh, Super Bowl LVII, or as I call it, Lovey. Super Bowl Lovey. <laughs> Lovey. 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 It's a Super Bowl Lovey. 
Uh, Rihanna will be the uh, halftime show. And unlike previous Super Bowls, as long as I, I think can... you mean the Apple Music halftime show, Leo. I'm sorry. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, Fortunately, we're on an Apple-based uh, podcast, podcast, so, so we can tie this right in. It. Well, it was Pepsi forever, right? I mean, who, yeah, Pep- yeah, it was always. It's Pepsi. called. It's called. Really hard to compete with Apple. If Apple wants, you know, like how about we? Just you turn you the think they outbid up? Pepsi or Pepsi just said, "Oh yeah, we've spent enough on this." Now. I think I, I, I think they walked up the NFL and they said, "Do you want to continue to sell this sugar water to kids, or do you want to change the world?" With me? <laughs> they pulled the jobs on them. So they, gonna... they they just they just they just they just pulled up a big wad of million dollar <laughs> a million a million and start flicking ones flicking million dollar bills off the end and going how much does it cost for us to own this like I just I just need to know yeah so of course one of the reasons Apple can do that is because they have multiple ways to market this whole dang thing press release came out yesterday they are launching Rihanna's incredible music catalog you can hear like never before with spatial audio and. There it is. The spa- it's all spatial audio. Plus, there'll they'll be Apple Music Sing, their karaoke with uh, Rihanna. Take the mic on your favorite Rihanna songs to hit those solos. Perform duets, sing backup and more on all compatible iPhone and iPad models as well as the new Apple TV 4K. <laughs> Apple Music Radio will be on the ground and in the stands to soundtrack all the festivities Leading, if you're a Rihanna fan, I guess this is great news, right? Leading up to Rihanna's big night, special exclusive programming on Apple Music Radio will include Halftime Hype Radio, a 10-part series <laughs> reflecting <laughs> on some of the most notable Super Bowl halftime performances of all time. Okay, that might be interesting. Rihanna Revisited Radio, an eight-episode roundtable. If you thought we were overdoing this, <laughs> wait till you hear <laughs> Rihanna Revisited Radio. Noting the cultural impact of the elusive singer's catalog. And live from Super Bowl Lovey, featuring daily live broadcasts that capture all the excitement in Arizona leading into the weekend with Apple Music Radio hosts Zane Lowe, Ebro Darden, and Nadeska Alexis. Who, by the way, Nadeska Alexis is going to interview Rihanna on February 9th at 10 a.m. in the Super Bowl Lovey halftime show press conference. So, and you can watch that on I mean, Apple Music's TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter, or on the NFL Network. And the thing is, is this is stuff that Pepsi can't do. No, <laughs> like there's Pepsi doesn't you know, so own the, thing is, is, the number one music store in the world. <laughs> well, not only the number one music store when you when you when you see uh, Zane Lowe coming in, it's the largest radio station in the world. Like, right. like you know, is it? Do, do, think that is do the we most... know what the numbers are on Apple Radio? No, they do not publish those numbers. Yeah, but, so but we don't the, know if um, it's the largest radio show in the world. Although uh, it's the, it's global, it's, gives it a little bit of a heads up advantage. But I yeah, haven't finished. It, it is. There's more. You also can get uh, the NFL team playlists, an official collection of 32 <laughs> playlists featuring the top songs that each NFL team listens to in the locker room. The weight mm-hmm. room and on and game day. Actually, the ni- this sounds kind of made up, but the Niners do, when they come on the field, have a giant boom box playing whatever song. So you'll be able to hear warm-up playlists created by Travis Kelsey of the Chiefs, Stephon Diggs of the Bills, Trayvon Diggs of the Cowboys, Devontae Adams of the Raiders, and Dak Prescott of the Cowboys. Hey, where's Brock Purdy's playlist? <laughs> I love you. You love me. 
We're a happy family. Plus a throwback video playlist revisiting halftime performances from past games. I'd listen to the Prince one. That'd be good. And then it's the Super Bowl halftime show, which I didn't know this is, they say, is the most watched musical performance of the year. How much do you think they paid for this? Mm. Holy camoly. Yeah. 32 playlists much- from every... How, who, what did they send a reporter into each locker room and say, what are you listening to right now? Right now? How about right now? So, no, they got I, I bet they have to pay for all of that. Sure. That's, they're not going to... Oh, Roger Goodell gives nothing away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There, wasn't, wasn't it recently that, uh, or at least a few years ago, that uh, it was it was spread out that uh, the NFL wanted to... Uh, felt felt as though doing the halftime show was such a publicity coup for the performer that they should be paying the NFL a share of their touring royalties for the next year. So yeah, I'm I'm sure that they found a way to to monetize all of this. Somebody, it's, it's it it sounds like a lot. I'm just saying, it sounds like a lot. Somebody, uh, somebody, Fred in the chat room says that Super Bowl Sunday will always is now and will always be. The Janet Jackson Appreciation Day. <laughs> Prince. No, Prince. 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 Prince owned. Prince bought and locked that, that entire event, and nobody has ever come close to him. That's, I'm sorry. It's, Jason, is, do you have you, a conflicting opinion? Can we drum up some Prince, drama? Prince, no, sorry. Prince, Purple Prince. Rain in the Rain that during the amazing. Super Bowl halftime. That was That's amazing. The they, they uh, at some point... Uh, they came to him beforehand, and they're like, yes. "We think it's going to rain." And he said, "I hope it rains hard." I hope it, yeah. and I hope it's <laughs> purple. <laughs> can, can you make, he, said, he said, "Can you make it rain more?" Can you make it rain more. That was it. That is right. Can you make it rain more? Great, just the best. There have there have been some great Super Bowl halftime shows. I remember Gaga, you know, leaping off into space with the drones and. I really like the weekend when he did it. He did, did that you? whole thing where he went into he the went like the, the hall of mirrors house? and everything. I that yeah, was weird. I really did. You like? I liked it. Okay. Yeah. Um, there is, of course, Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake and the famous wardrobe malfunction, uh, which is the most, I think, still rewound <laughs> segment on television. The history. TiVo did that thing where, they, where they said it was the <laughs> and most And I had a TiVo at the time. And you know ever. what? I contributed to that number because I couldn't. Oh, there's the weekend in his Hall of Mirrors. Uh, that's how I looked during that. <laughs> I loved time. it. That was, was that last year? I think that was last year. Or was it the year before? Oh, no. Two last year's was awesome. Last year's was hip hop's legends in a little house right. that they built on the field. <laughs> that yeah. was really good. That one was good. This one will not be as good. See that, that, that it's it's be, it's it's good when the artist is like, I'm going to be playing to an. I'm doing it. I'm doing a ten minute arena show. I'm doing a live yes. arena show. But I, it's for less, ten minutes. It's less good yeah. when it's like we're going to build a we're going to build a video set in the middle of the field, and we're basically doing a really expensive like live performance of the VMAs. So I was like, no, don't do that. Feed off the energy and, and have the have the energy feed you. That's going to be. I, all, all I every time I see them, all I all I think is, as someone who does live events and has yeah. to load in and load out, I'm like, that's yep. really hard. Oh yeah, can you imagine? <laughs> they rolled going my head like that they rolled really a house onto the field, yeah. and then for some reason, Fifty Cent was hanging upside down from the ceiling, and Snoop Dogg <laughs> rose up through the. It was crazy. I mean, the, it was wild. Eminem. The the um the the pounds per inch allowed on the set on the on the field oh, is right. like in the like in the requirements like you know like you can't you, you can't you, damage the field you yeah. can't damage the field the field takes a year to develop um, yeah. and you know they start growing it literally a year ahead of time 
and they're pretty picky about it. And so the um, so yeah, it, the the requirements that go into that are just insane. And and so, but it it it's uh. I mean, they've only lost power once. I was at that. I was at that Super Bowl. Were you at it? I was at the Super Bowl in New Orleans. That's 10 10 years ago, uh, like in a couple of days. For every live streamer, that's the get out of jail free card, which is you can use it once as a mulligan, which is even the Super Bowl (laughs) lost power. It was. It actually helped the Niners. The Niners came back after the power outage. But yeah, Beyonce was the Super Bowl halftime. It wasn't the greatest show I've ever seen, but Destiny's Child. So that's one of the things you do. I mean, it's Rihanna. But it's not just Rihanna. And eventually we'll start to learn Elvis Presley is going to show up as well. And Frank Sinatra or something. So it'll make it like uh, a bigger deal than it already is. Right. Because they got to get everybody. They got to get America. They got to get, you know, Hank Williams Jr. or somebody too. You got to get the whole the whole uh, demographic. Are you ready for some football? Yes. But I think also I think that the. uh, Asking the musical question, Sorry. are you there's ready somebody, for some football? Are you <laughs> ready for some? There, there's some, for some reason I wanted to hang, yell that and then just cut to a guy going, indeed. You know, and, and uh, you know, so, so, okay. so anyway, yeah, okay. you got your, you got your is, impeccable um, timing, Harold, but, impeccible timing. So Harold. one of the gets, things, of to, course, to bring us back to. Go Apple, yes. Uh, that this You're is just fun. the beginning. If, if Apple's, a, if Apple got this in a multi-year, um, you know, purchase, you know, we're assuming that we're going to start seeing AR and so on and so forth. This is the beginning. You know, MLS becomes a, a training ground. The Super Bowl becomes a place where you start adding AR. You start adding things that you're going to, you know, that are going to build around it. Um, it's super. I mean, and, and if you're talking about like launching a headset. Even if not everyone can have it, for the people who have it, proving what you can do, you know, they'll be, you know, Apple will spend a lot of money on on the AR and VR solutions oh. that you might have around this. This is going to be, be wild. Intense. That's, of course, huge. There, mm. And you could huge. see just even from everything I just described, Apple seeing this as a massive marketing opportunity. It also yeah. means there will be a, uh, at least one, probably many Apple ads in the Super Bowl, right? <laughs> Very famously, Apple's so. uh, 1984 Ooh. ad debuted and played only once nationally uh, on the Super Bowl um, uh, to introduce the Macintosh back in 1984. They haven't, do they, I can't remember. Do they always have Super Bowl? I ads? think they run basic ads. I don't think they do. I don't think they, they don't do, do anything special crazy. Ads. They don't like some they don't go crazy. I mean, yeah. And, and then the, the new thing now in the Super Bowl is to run a short ad in the Super Bowl, but tell people that there's a longer version. Yeah. yeah. Like, like my favorite ad, which is incredibly ironic. Uh, the, uh, the most ironic, ironic ad ever made is the FTX Larry David one, which is that oh, you yeah. can trust us. You can trust us. You know, everybody says no, no, no. And, and, yeah. and it's, my, it's literally my favorite ad ever made. And I'm not I'm not a big fan of Curb Your Enthusiasm, but for some reason it was like, eh, it doesn't oh, work. Oh, and what's funny you know, is... There was a two and a half minute there's version. There's a really long YouTube, version. I saw... I, which yeah. is great. Because when one Larry the, David got sued Super over this ad, but he's being sued because he he's recommended yeah. FTX, which it turned out was a Ponzi but scheme. But here's yeah. the thing. He Larry didn't David recommend never it. never recommended his, his His get out of jail free credits, he said it wouldn't work. Yeah. Like, he was in the <laughs> ad and the whole time. is oh. like he said, I I, I know yeah. these things. Like, look, yep. he said, the, I, I don't know how you could sue Larry David for it because in the whole ad and every iteration, he says it's not going to work. I was his lawyer. I so um, like, yeah, I would get. He said, "What do you What do you say? Recommendation? I hate this. It's yeah. not, uh, yeah, I told you not cool. to do it. I was right." Yeah. Um, also, also, what's what's the what's the over under on a special video from Ted Lasso introducing uh-huh. uh, introducing there the, the halftime show? There you go. Yeah. Nope, there that's like go. even money. 
So I we need a we need a new bingo card. We need a bingo card for for Super Bowl lovey <laughs> yeah, and Apple's exactly. like marketing in there because there's it's going to be. We're actually when I thought briefly for one brief shining moment that there might be a 49ers appearance in the Super Bowl, I moved all of our <laughs> Sunday shows to Saturday. So, uh, but I'm stuck worth with it, it now. Worth I don't. It. I don't want to watch Worth those it. guys. Oh, it'll be fun. I want. I want to see Rihanna. Anyway, uh, Twit and As the Tech Guys will be on Saturday, February 11th, so that we can cry into our beer on Sunday, February 12th, during Super Bowl. Love her. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I admit that at this point, it used to be you, you'd you'd maybe watch it for the for the game, and then you got, I got you got, I quickly got tired of that. Then you'd watch for the commercials, and then of course the the ad business realized realized that we enjoy the commercials, and they ruined it by making it way way by exploiting that way too and taking all the fun out of it. Now I actually really do enjoy like the halftime show because it's one of those super super rare times where you see truly live performance where if something screws up, you got to go forward you can't like you can't redo it you can't uh, you, 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 you can cut away but whatever happens happens and if it rains right in the right in the middle of prince's set and you're wondering how those dancers are going to continue to dance in their stiletto heels and if the most incredible uh, uh, funk fusion guitarist is going to be electrocuted on in a live performance <laughs> that's what's going to happen you want to watch it watch it you don't yeah. want to miss it it's what everybody will be talking about around the water cooler the next day it's All amazing. Right. Have you ever, you ever, you ever watch like they, they have like some of the like pre before they just before they the Super Bowl realized that the halftime show could be a musical extravaganza when it was really just let's have some something to fill time like between between the two halves that would maybe sort of entertain the people who are in the stadium. There was like this absolute dumpster fire of a show where they had like a stage music magician do this musical number about magic. And none of the magic tricks they did in the middle of the of the of the, of the stadium worked at all. And it was just, oh my god! And everyone in the booth was like, "Well, no one's watching this. Thank God, <laughs> thank God, we didn't actually like risk anybody's reputation on this." It is such a funky, it's such a it's such a weird thing to watch these pre like these early nineteen nineteen eighties uh, Super Bowl shows because they're like, okay, they have not figured that out yet. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, even the the graphics on uh, on uh, old uh, football games are so horrible. They're so terrible. <laughs> they, make, they make the TV buzz whenever they come on. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I wonder if we're going to look back twenty years from now when at, when it's you know Apple presents Super Bowl, uh, whatever L L L L L. Uh, if we will look back on these and say <laughs> well, those are funky, it feels like they're pretty good. <laughs> But there's it will you can't be in even, 4K. You can't even choose the camera angle. Ha ha ha. Fox has been How doing primitive. the playoffs in 4K. I've been watching them in 4K on YouTube TV. Uh, it's an upscaled 1080p signal, but it's still the best signal you've ever seen for a for a football game. Yeah, uh, it looks. And I will good. say, Fox, uh, YouTube's come a long way. Like the, when they first started, it was pretty <laughs> YouTube TV football was pretty choppy. You know, yeah. it was it was. Oh no, was, I remember. Was, I was like, it was oh, unwatchable. This, I don't know if this is yeah. gonna work. And, yeah. Uh, now it just when I turn it on, I just it just looks like TV. Like it's just it's it's really come you know in the last I don't know three years oh, or four I'm, years. I yeah. got into it almost immediately. I could so, cord I, cut at this point. I, there's it's basically and it costs oh, as better. much. And that's the good news. It costs as much as cable. <laughs> so yeah. no, it's, it's better like than cable, cable ever was. I mean, it, it's better than cable ever was though. I mean, oh yeah, the opinion. DVR. 
Um, I hit, I record, I don't know how many hundreds of shows because I just go record all of this into the future. Yeah. And because I do it for like lower thirds and super sources and sweeper research, you know, so I, I, you know, I'm going to go back and look at things and, but I never know what I'm going to look at. And so, and then when, when great pieces of 60 minutes surprise us because there hasn't, there's only been like six of them in the last 20 years. I can still go find it. You, uh, (laughs) you were, we were texting back and forth last week and you said, you got to see the Rick Rubin piece on 60 minutes i went to youtube (laughs) and they had little snippets but they didn't have the whole piece and then i went oh i've been dvring 60 minutes for the last 20 years (laughs) yeah i could just look on youtube tv and there it was and i watched the whole thing in its entirety uh which was i agree with you a really interesting piece about uh the weirdest record producer ever well maybe no i can't say that because phil Spector was in there too so just uh, just get it just getting johnny cash back into the recording no studio and kidding saying, do, do whatever you your 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 remit is do record whatever songs you want we will we will we will have people standing by for you, you can just basically play and sing whatever well, you want that 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 got that opened the gates to heaven for him doesn't matter how many murders he he committed he says, in the previous I, I later looked it up he said uh he saw he went to a dive bar and there were like a couple hundred people watching johnny cash like whose whose career was over basically and he said, this guy's too good. And he said, Johnny, yeah. and he got, he got, a, got him on, I don't think he got him on Def Jam, but he got him on some label he was running. And, and he said, uh, and the, I think the first song he did was uh, Trent Reznor's Hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and no, it was mind-boggling. Right. That, that's so classic, classic uh, Rick Rubin, though. He, he, I went, and then we found the song from, Rick, from Nine Inch Nails. Like, who thinks that Nine Inch Nails is yeah, something Johnny that would go Cash well with, with Johnny Cash? And it's. And his oh. version is, you know, oh, it's definitive. Johnny, Johnny, Johnny yeah. Cash tells a story about how, like, as soon as, soon as he got his offer, he's, his response was like, I want to record every song that I've never been able to record before, before I die. Mm. And uh, Hurt was actually, uh, Rick Rubin would s- send him tapes to sort of suggest songs that would also be good. And he he would have to, he, he tells a story about how he kept sending, putting it on the tape more again and again and again. And then after, like, I <laughs> He would put like hurt number one on the tape again and again and again. Yeah, but he was and, right. Oh my if God, if you awesome. haven't yeah. heard, and then, of course it it made Johnny Cash hip all over again, and yeah. uh, it, it really made well, and, him bigger than he'd ever been, frankly. And mm. and you can hear it from the other side if you watch uh, if you go to Netflix and watch yes. Sound Song Exploder um, has Trent Reznor talking because they cover Song Exploder talks about hurt and. Uh, and it, and Trent Reznor talks about the experience of Johnny Cash playing his song. Oh, I you know, and that. so yeah. so that's the whole like. There's a lot of inter- if you haven't heard that, it, that's one of the most amazing ones. If oh, you haven't God. heard it, uh, both listen to it both, uh, but listen both to great. the recording because uh, it's late in Johnny's life. I think he's ill. Yeah, uh, there is a it is profoundly moving. You hear the hurt in his voice. It's profoundly moving. It's the, um, it's the difference between a young man singing that yeah, line and an right. old man who's clear who sounds like he's close to not not dying mm-hmm. but close to the yeah. end. It's like I hurt myself today just so I could feel and talk about I've, everyone I've everyone I've I've loved goes away in the end. Like okay, I'm the I'm 83. Everyone I've loved has just basically has died before me. I'm alone right now, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh my god, man, man. <laughs> man. Hey, speaking of music, Jim Dalrymple is now on Mastodon. If you want to follow him. Very pleased Yay. to see him. Jay Dalrymple at Mastodon.social. I immediately followed him when uh, this was reported by our IRC. And Phil Schiller has confirmed, yep, that's me on Mastodon. I, Phil Schiller, the former <laughs> uh, chief marketing officer at Apple, uh, who's still an Apple fellow, uh, left Twitter a few months ago in a huff 
as did I. And uh, it is indeed his account, not a not somebody posing as P. Schiller at ms at mastodon.social. They're all going to mastodon.social, which probably is not the first place I would go these days. It's so big. In fact, it was just mm-hmm. getting, just got DDoSed. If you are a Twit listener, you can of course go to our Mastodon uh, and follow all of these characters. Um, that is twit.social. But do say something like, I heard you mention in a Mac break, because I won't, I'm not letting people in who don't show that they uh, are, are listeners, because I want it to be a community of uh, Twit listeners, particularly. Uh, he says, I am an Apple Fellow, Illumina Director, Boston College Trustee, and Bowdoin Trustee. I love to scuba dive. I drum to prog rock. I drive sports cars, shoot photos, play games, and read sci fi. How could you doubt that that's the real Phil Schiller? Yep. And 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 he He's has a, uh, what's his name? Uh, is that Johnny Bravo? Who is that throwing a boomerang on his uh, <laughs> as his as his? Uh, but we have to explain to him how he can. He would have solved a lot of. Who is that? He would have solved a lot of um, uh, question marks about his reality if he had just used Mastodon's very nice system of uh, validating yourself yes but how do you do that how do you go to the person who is in charge of the leadership pages at apple.com probably and say, can't do it but i'm guessing he could do it at illumina or the schiller institute at boston college he probably could go to the that's schiller institute Maybe. and say could you put rel.me in there and that link next to my name that's all you have to do then it turns green then people know it's you anyway he's verified it to nine to five and others He's not the most interesting person on Mastodon, but, you know, what the hell. Hey, everybody, it's Leo Laporte, the founder and host of many of the uh, Twit podcasts. I don't normally talk to you about advertising, but I want to take a moment to do that right now. Uh, Our mission statement at Twit, we're dedicated to building a highly engaged community of tech enthusiasts. That's our audience. And you, I guess, since you're listening by offering them the knowledge they need to understand and use technology in today's world. To do that, we also create partnerships with trusted brands and make important introductions between them and our audience. It's how we finance our podcasts, but it's also, and our audience tells us this all the time, a part of the service we offer. It's a valued bit of information for our audience members. They want to know about great brands like yours. So can we help you by introducing you to our highly qualified audience. And boy, you get a lot with advertising on the Twit podcasts. Partnering with Twit means you're going to get, if I may say so humbly, the gold standard in podcast advertising. And we throw in a lot of valuable services. You get a full service continuity team supporting everything from copywriting to graphic design. I don't think anybody else does this or does this as well as we do. You get ads that are embedded in our content that are unique every time. I read them. Our hosts read them. We always over-deliver on impressions. And frankly, we're here to talk about your product. So we really give our listeners a great introduction to what you offer. We've got onboarding services, ad tech with pod sites. That's free for direct clients. We give you a lot of reporting so you know who saw your advertisement. You'll even know how many responded by going to your website. We'll also give you courtesy commercials that you can share across social media and landing pages. We think these are really valuable. People like me and our other hosts talking about your product sincerely 
uh, and informationally. Those are incredibly valuable. You also get other free goodies, mentions in our weekly newsletter that's sent out to thousands of fans. We give bonus ads uh, to people who buy a significant amount of advertising. You'll get social media promotion too. But let me tell you, we are looking for an advertising partner that's going to be with us long term. Visit twit.tv slash advertise. Check out our partner testimonials. Tim Broom, founder of IT Pro TV. They started IT Pro TV in 2013, immediately started advertising with us, and grew that company to a, a really amazing success. Hundreds of thousands of ongoing customers. They've been on our network for more than 10 years, and they say, and I'll quote Tim, we would not be where we are today without the Twit Network. That's just one example. Mark McCrary, who's the CEO of Authentic, uh, he was actually uh, one of the first people to buy ads on our network. He's been with us for 16 years. He said, and I'm quoting, the feedback from many advertisers over those 16 years across a range of product categories is that if ads and podcasts are going to work for a brand, they're going to work on Twitch shows. I'm proud to say that the ads we do over-deliver, they work really well because they're honest. They have integrity. Our audience trusts us, and we say, this is a great product. They believe it. They listen. Our listeners are highly intelligent. They're heavily engaged. They're tech-savvy. They're dedicated to our network, and that's partly because we only work with high-integrity partners that we have thoroughly and personally vetted. I approve every single advertiser on the network. If you're ready to elevate your brand and you've got a great product, I want you to reach out to us. Advertise at twit.tv. So I want you to break out of the advertising norm, grow your brand with host-read authentic ads on twit.tv. Visit twit.tv slash advertise for more details or email us advertise at twit.tv if you're ready to launch your campaign now. <laughs> uh, all right. What else is going on in the world of Apple? Anything? So we do... Conf okay, a couple of things that uh, were left hanging. Uh, apparently, it is the case that the smallest hard drive uh, on the new Mac Mini and the MacBook Pros are, in fact, slower, but they're still pretty fast. So, And, and I don't... So I, I just don't think it matters. You know, I yeah. think that you're not buying a 256... I, and I'm seeing, saying this as someone who bought the 256, 8, eight, eight gig um, one. I don't care about the hard drive space. Yeah. So, I, you know, it's not, a, it's not a real issue for me because, or hard drive uh, speed, because I have a USB-C. If you're buying 256 gigs, this is application and system uh, software, nothing else. Like, that's what you're putting on it. The speed of it, you're not writing video files to it. You're not writing other things to it. You're using it as a node. Um, you're bringing that in, so I think that that's the that's the real issue. I don't, and I, again, I, as someone who bought it, knowing that it would be slower, doesn't. I don't think it matters, and so yeah. I think that's yeah, it's apparently deal. it's because it uses a single NAND chip, uh, right? And so it's like RAID. If you have two, you can stripe or something. I guess I don't I, know. I would I would have liked them to disclose this, just yes. because even though I do think that you know everybody's making a big deal out of this, and it's actually not that impressive and not that important uh, in, in terms of your regular user. And the people who are buying these configurations, not disclosing it feels like they're trying to get away with something. However, I do wonder if they not, are not disclosing it because of pure production issues, which is 
What if they decide at any point in the process that they can get their hands on more 128 chips than 256 chips, and they and then they start manufacturing some of them with two 128s instead of one 256, right? Like, yeah. Then those would be faster, but it would be completely unlabeled. And like there is at at some point down in the stack, you were down at supply chain configuration details that the manufacturer doesn't want to talk about. And however, Apple is so scrutinized. And the fact is that there is a a tangible difference, even if it isn't super relevant, that it would have been nice. I mean, honestly, it fits into the whole idea, right? You pay more to get more. This is these are on the lowest end systems, so they could disclaim it and say, you know, these may be slower. You know, th- this one's good, but that one is great, <laughs> and do it that way. And I just more disclosure if you're Apple, it, I think is a good thing. But th- this is also people are making a way bigger deal of this than they should. Yeah, it's silly. Uh, so two fifty six, just go one step up if you're buying a mini. If you're buying a MacBook Pro, go one step up from the five twelve, and you'll get the faster speeds. This is the Blackmagic disk read test. This is from nine to five Mac. On the left, the uh, M1 MacBook Pro. On the right, the M2 MacBook Pro. You see, it's a little slower than the M1. Oh, gosh. It's only three <laughs> gigabytes a second. Oh, golly, gosh. Fine. I don't think it makes that much of a difference. It's, it's pretty darn fast. But, yeah, and as and you're the one who told us, Alex, that if you are going to use, you know, edit video or whatever, get a lot of onboard drive because that's yeah be the i mean fastest drive faster than a thunderbolt 4 external drive the fastest drive yeah. you get yeah the only one that is the only thing that matches it is the iodine.io iodine makes an external drive that uses two thunderbolts oh interesting <laughs> you know, into your ah. into your computer uh, i'm hoping to test it sometime in the near future but but the um but i haven't tested it but it it's it should do um uh five gigs um a, a second read and about 1.8 write, which is which would be about similar to the to the internal one so that's the only option if you're not going to get the inter, get more storage on your on your studio yeah and it, and it's if you're doing what i was doing which was what i do is six channels of 6k black magic raw and resolve um i haven't found anything under about five gigs a second that will play that back smoothly <laughs> so, so that's yeah. the yeah that's the challenge yeah um there has long been a cold war between Apple and Google over phones. Uh, Steve Jobs basically said the uh, Google uh, Android operating system was a stolen product <laughs> that copied iOS. Uh, Steve declared thermonuclear war, literally, he used that term, <laughs> against Google. Um, you know, that war, that cold war has cooled off quite a bit. But interesting article from Financial Times repeated in uh, Ars Technica about Apple beefing up its smartphone services to gradually compete more and more with Google. They don't like it that people use Google Maps on an iPhone or Google Search on Safari. So uh, they are slowly improving their uh, services so that you won't improving Google uh, Apple Maps so you don't use Google Maps. Uh, Business Connect, which Apple announced earlier this month, a feature yeah. that lets companies <laughs> claim their digital location, much like Google Business. Uh, does that's a new feature i I have to say that um i when i got my new phone i just kind of let it be apple maps for a little while because i always use google maps up until you know when i got this in the last phone and i just was like i'm just gonna live in the apple maps world for a while and then a a week ago i put google maps on for some you know just just okay now what it feels like and i actually hate to say but i actually like the apple maps better now (laughs) i mean it's they've actually the just the way it, it obviously it's it's tied into the os it makes it a little easier to work with 
but also I just find it more visually pleasing, um, you know, than what I was, you know, than, than Google maps. And um, it's a little bit more responsive. It's, just as accurate as Google Maps. That's the I, mean, key. I, don't, I don't find that's they the fix key. the accuracy. If it were less accurate, you wouldn't use it. But as long as the, 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 that the, feature is the same, then choose then the one you like, right? Exactly. And I think that, you know, I think that right now the numbers, the last number I saw was like 60, 65% of the, somewhere between 60, 65% of, app, of iPhone users use. Apple Maps because it comes with the it comes yeah with the well it, it well it goes on my watch for instance so uh, you know I mean yeah. when I'm driving I don't have to look at the map the watch tells me turn left or I'm walking I can yeah. look at my watch there's a lot of little things that add up to supremacy if you're on an Apple device and that's right. kind of what Apple's doing yeah. they still use of course Google Search on Safari uh, and Google pays them a lot of money for that. Perhaps they're not willing to give up that money. But also, what are they? Gonna, what else are they going to use? Yeah, brilliant. I don't think it's about the. I don't think it's about the money. I think it's just about building a search engine is hard. You right. know, like building a good search engine. And I don't. I don't think Apple has. I mean, it's nice that they get the money, but I don't think Apple is investing in. Maybe they are. I mean, with Siri, they're probably working on search uh, tools. But but I think that that's a that is such a. I mean, Google has that so wired in. I don't. That would be very. It'd be almost impossible for Apple to achieve parity with with google search yeah. uh, according to this article from the financial times apple did acquire in 2013 something called topsy labs a startup that indexed twitter to enable searches and analytics they say that's really the beginning of an apple search team in fact you use topsy every time you ask siri for uh, information. Well, that's not a very well, good recommendation. Good <laughs> yeah. Uh, there. Mm, oh, never mind. Uh, they also in 2019 bought a company called Laserlike. This I did not know about. An artificial intelligence startup founded by former Google engineers that said its mission is delivering high quality information and diverse perspectives on any topic from the entire web. That sounds sort of like a search engine. Yeah. Uh, I, it could it could be that it could be that Apple's isn't necessarily interested in taking over search from Google, but any time that you type into the search box something that Apple thinks that it can handle itself without farming it out to Google, without necessarily giving it the benefit of its user data, I think that then that's when a a, a private uh, Apple search engine will will start to kick in, and it makes and Spotlight makes the entire system like ten times better. I mean, I don't, I, I'm. Uh, to this day, I'm not really sure how app launchers work on the Mac because I still just use Spotlight to launch everything that I need to access. So that, having that integrated right into the desktop with a command space every 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 time I go, that would be an, uh, a nice value add without having to necessarily go through Google. And let's not forget Google. We don't know neither Google nor Apple discloses, but it's estimated Google between pays Apple yeah. between eight and twelve billion a year for the privilege of being the official search engine on Safari. That that drives a lot. And it means Google makes more than that from yeah. those referrals. So, uh, but, that, but that might be ending too, because part of, uh, part of what, uh, uh, what the DOJ uh, is, is on to, on Google against is basically cutting these exclusive deals with companies like Apple to basically be the number the default search engine uh, on as many platforms as possible. So it's possible that they, they could get Microsofted where Google doesn't necessarily have to break things up. They don't necessarily have to divest anything, but they can no longer access some of the, its most lucrative tricks and most lucrative deals anymore. And that would create a great opening for either another company or for Apple's own search product. Uh, Apple has extended Chinese censorship to Hong Kong now, and I'm sure this is at the behest of the Chinese government, which has been slowly closing the noose in on uh, Hong Kong. 
Uh, Hong Kong Apple users say Safari briefly blocked GitLab because it's backed by Tencent. Safari aims to protect users from websites that may contain malware. Um, hmm. I, yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, Hong Hong Kong is contentious where it's China, but not China. And so, when you start to basically say that we will start to use the same blacklist that we use for mainland China on in Hong Kong, that is a step, and that could oh, I be see. a provocation. So I see what GitLab's not owned by Tencent, but they use the index that Tencent has right. the block list to block it. Tencent put GitLab on the block list because it, quote, contains misinformation, which I don't think is the case. It might contain uh, VPN software. It's a, it's another Git. Uh, it's like GitHub. Uh, yeah. So interesting. Uh, I mean, g- given that given that China has been uh, walking back the deal they made when uh, when the British left Hong Kong to basically say that, yeah, it's going to be it's going to belong to China, but Hong Kong will have a, will be a special uh, have a special sort of autonomy that won't be available to other cities in China. And they've been walking that back steadily over the past five, six, seven years. This is this this for for uh, for Hong Kong activists. This is a this is sad news, bad news and yeah. reason for for activism. According to the Intercept, uh, China, uh, Apple has been using uh, the uh, 10 cent blacklist on devices registered in Hong Kong. But uh, Apple removed the block on GitLab. GitLab access yeah. was subsequently restored. Apple has not officially commented. Um, in fact, Apple, when the Intercept asked, referred them to Tencent, <laughs> <laughs> which is a kind of a tacit acknowledgement uh, that there's something not at all there. shady. <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's take a little uh, break, and we're going to come back with your picks of the week. Our show today. Brought to you in great part by our great Club Twit members. Club Twit, uh, we, which Lisa started almost two years ago, has grown greatly. and We really appreciate it, but we still have a long way to go to get to our goal of 5% of our audience. That's all. Right now it's less than 1%. We'd love to get to 5% of our audience. That would mean that 5% of our audience is paying 7 bucks a month to support what we do, to help bring you shows, to help us develop new shows. And for and what do you get for your 7 bucks a month? Ad-free versions of everything we do. Shows we don't put out elsewhere like Hands on Macintosh, Micah Sargent's great show, or Hands on Windows by Paul Thorat, The Untitled Linux Show with Jonathan Bennett, The Giz Wiz. Or sorry, I should say the Giz Fizz with Dick D. Bartolo. We launched this week in space in the club, thanks to club members. And of course, now it's a show that we do put out for everybody. That's the goal. But when a show's new and it can't generate revenue on its own, the club twit members support it. And we really appreciate that. You also get, and I don't think this should be diminished in any way, because I think it's probably part of the best part of Club Twit, access to our special Discord, our members-only Discord, which besides being full of animated GIFs, is actually a great place to hang out with geeks talking about not just our shows, but everything other geeks are interested in, from anime to autos, fitness and gaming. Yes, we talk about sports and ham radio and sci-fi and science. I spend a lot of time in the coding channel over there. A lot of great, talented coders. We love to talk. I love to ask for help. Uh, There's just a lot of reasons why you might want to Listen to Captain James T. Kirk and join us. <laughs> All you have to do, go to twit.tv slash club twit, twit.tv slash club twit. 
$7 a month, $84 a year. There are corporate memberships uh, as well. Uh, but we really uh, appreciate all of our Club Twit members. They're, they're great people. Uh, they've really helped us out a lot. And we would love you to join the join the group. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of fun. Thank you, Jason Snell, for that, Jeff. Science! I, I, was on, uh, I was on This Week in Space this week in uh, space. You were? So, yeah. What were you yeah, talking was, about? It was fun. Uh, we talked about favorite books, fiction and nonfiction, oh. about space, uh, which was a really good, uh, really good conversation. I used to do a space podcast, and I haven't done one oh. for... We will only do it every occasionally now, and so it was kind of fun to be on the space podcast. Yeah, again. Uh, Rod stuff. Pyle, those guys, who's fantastic oh, from uh, those guys the, know their stuff. Wow, oh, I was very yeah, impressed. They're real fans. Rod worked at PR at JPL. He's now uh, editor in chief for uh, Ad Astra, which is the official publication of the uh, National Space Society. And Tarek Malik from uh, editor in chief space. of space.com. So it's yeah, really it's two high powered who really do, I mean, this is what they do for a living is they cover space. Yeah. And so it makes it a great show. We are going to be adding video to that uh, soon, I think. So that was a good example of what, what happens. Uh, in that we did ours as video, so I think it's in the works. Oh, I good. It's in the works. Oh, nice. yeah, they always use video. And that's why it won't be so hard for us to turn the switch and put out a video right. uh, podcast. Before. They always use it to see each other and see their guests. Um Coming up, by the way, Daniel Suarez will be on This Week in Space. He is, a, of course, the author of Demon and Freedom, and we're going to do an interview about his new book, which just came out today. Very excited. Uh, Critical Mass, which is a follow-up to Delta V. Um, yeah. Daniel's one of my favorite sci-fi authors, and he's also a space fanatic and a real promoter of why we should be going in manned space missions. And so he wanted to get on This Week in Space and talk about Mars and talk about manned space missions. So, uh, And then Daniel will join us February 10th for a special triangulation. And there will be a club aspect to that. Uh, club members will get to ask him questions uh, directly. We'll have a feed into the uh, club when we record that. So that's going to be a, a lot of fun. I, I don't want to be the language police, Leo, but we call them crude space missions now, not manned. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I guess you're right. It should be crude shouldn't it yeah okay. that nasa changed that uh a couple problem i think is, it was actually a, a while ago do you but spell yes, that c-r-o-o-d or c-r-u-d-e you can spell it however you want okay, but i right. think it's e-w-e-d is what it's supposed to be yeah <laughs> yes. all right uh gosh right thank you i stand corrected human space flight yes. human yes space. but even that's got a man in it crude is good well, I mean, yeah. Except for the homonym. That's Language only, is a problem. Yeah, it is. it's a big problem. <laughs> but that, that is what NASA calls it. That's what What that's books what did you... Uh, yeah, no, that's good. Thank you for correcting me. I will, I'll use that from now on. What uh, books did you recommend? Oh, man, there's there's so many good books. Like, I recommended a bunch. Like, there's like the the Apollo uh, mission book that was the basis for From the Earth to the Moon, which oh, is uh, yes. called A Man on the Moon by Andy yeah. Chaikin. yeah. Uh, there's a book called uh, Bringing Columbia Home, which is it's it's kind of dark, but it's also kind of beautiful. It's about the people who were tasked with picking up all the wreckage Oy. and remains Yikes. after Columbia uh, crashed in Texas and Louisiana. And the, <sighs> the people who volunteered to do that and the sort of emotional toll, but also why it was important. It's so good. Um, and then there was a book. I, I wish I could remember the name, but there's a book by uh, it's about the first space shuttle mission. Which, uh, when I watched it as a kid, it went off uh, without a uh, without a hitch. Ha ha ha! The book <laughs> reveals it went off with so many hitches. Ah. They had to use a secret spy satellite. There's some cloak and dagger stuff oh. in there where where uh, they couldn't get access to the spy satellite photos <laughs> because that it was the existence of the satellite was classified. Wow! But um, they but they did. 
Uh, and it was like a man who will not be named entered an empty room and placed an envelope on a table and then would not leave until the envelope was back in his hands. But he allowed them to look at the pictures. Uh, just some great, great stories about that, too. So it's uh, people should check it out. That I'm, I'm trying to look up what that book is. But, well, um, you know, what? It's the best way the to do this, episode. listen to the latest episode of This Week in Space. That's the way to do it. Twit.tv slash twist. And we might, in fact, have those links in the show. Paste in the Discord, too. I want to see it. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds really good. Uh, time for our picks of the week. Uh, I don't usually do a pick of the week, but this was, and it's kind of a minor pick of the week, but I thought this was really cool. These are SVG icons that were extracted from the 30th anniversary Mac font. So because of the date of the font, it doesn't go past 19. What is what is the most recent one? 2012. Uh, they, oh, actually, they have the trash can Mac. Although that is not a great icon. It's just basically <laughs> rounded corner square. I could have done that. Yeah. <laughs> but there wasn't much to say about the trash can Mac, I guess. But these are pretty cool. You can download them. They're for free. Uh, rnightuk.github.io. But I have a, we'll put a link in the show notes. You could also Google Mac 30th anniversary icons by Rob Knight. All artwork owned by Apple. But you know what? On the 40th anniversary of the um, Macintosh XL, which looks a lot like a Lisa, the 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 two uh, CX, the two FX, two effing expensive, and uh, <laughs> and uh, some others. Some of these were really ugly. Some of them were just not felicitous designs. Yeah. But. They're all there. Mm, those are the days. That's when Andy and I were working in uh, at Mac User Magazine, and Apple yep. was coming up with a increasingly ugly series of computers. Well, they, 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 there was a lot of wandering in the desert, like between Frog the Design 90s. and Man, and ninety seven. Nineties Apple was so weird. Mac. Oh yeah, boy, yeah, Woo. yeah. It was the nineties. You know the they had that one really Power Mac you. with the giant forehead that was yep. like. Oh, Buffy. the pull to, the pull tooth uh, G3. The Molar Mac, yeah. the Molar Mac. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Wow, you guys even had nicknames for him. Oh yeah. Loving loving nicknames mm. because Was we it? love the design. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> Which one's the pull tooth? This one the color classic. It's, like, it's it's no, it's the Power Macintosh G3 all in one. Oh god. Uh which was like a predecessor to the iMac and in fact it was designed by Johnny Ive. You're and kidding. it's got a, it's got some very weird. It, the rumor is that the curve on the top of the of the box because it's an all in one, so it's got a, a monitor in it. Yeah. Uh, but it's a CRT um, was based on the on Johnny Ives' girlfriend's back. Um, oh, jeez, Louise! Uh, but it was it was it had a little she translucent had plastic. The most it was, beautiful back. It's a perfect perfect um, curve. It, 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 Anyway, it has translucent plastic on it. You can see Johnny Ive crying for help, trying to get out of '90s <laughs> Apple. Um, but the the computer itself, yeah, it looks like a big pulp tooth. It's, bleh, bleh. oh oh, I get it. It's not that it's missing a tooth in the front of it. Oh right, right it yeah. looks yeah. like a pulled no, tooth. No, it's a molar. An extracted it, molar. It, it's, yeah. yeah, it's a molar. It's oh. the molar Mac. Oh. Power Mac it had that, that, cre that creamy white. There's oh. that molar. How ugly! I never it's saw so this. Bad. I don't think. Jeez. Oh, it's so bad. That is really hideous. They're all so bad. This does look like Johnny is... Ives' back, though, on the top there. That's true. <laughs> Her scapulas. Her prominent scapulas inspired me to design this ugly Mac. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, anyway, that's my well, pick. How about yours, Jason Snell? 
All right. I wanted to pick, uh, I'm going to get a little nerdy here, but it's codeless nerdy. So it's actually, if you're somebody who fancies yourself a power user, but you're not necessarily comfortable being a programmer, uh, this is a web app that I love. Um, it does cost, it's free to try. And then depending on how much of it you use, you can pay, I think I'm paying like $10 a month for it, but it's, it's a make.com formerly called Integromat. I wonder why they changed its name. <laughs> Integromat. Uh, Perfect and for so the, the G3 Power Macintosh. They, yeah, so it's, they, they uh, made make, enough money to buy Make.com. Make.com. It is. It is. Yeah, it's codeless. Make.com used to be O'Reilly's magazine. Recipes. Yeah. I think when the magazine went out of business, they snagged the. They, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Something like that. So, so it's a little like if this, then that. Um, it's that kind of thing. It is codeless. Nodal. Web web recipes, little blobs that you connect together, um, that will let you do anything. So, what am I doing with this? I have a bot that post to my uh, incomparable members when we're about to start a live stream. Uh, I have a bot that posts uh, the new episodes of my podcast to Twitter and Mastodon. I know that somebody, I think one of the big social media sites just added support for Mastodon. And it's like, I, I built my Mastodon bot like two weeks ago in make.com. So do you have to run got... it in the background or does it web host? No, no. You set it up to run and it'll do things like watch an RSS feed or wait for a tweet. So from your a Mac has account. to stay on to do that though right no 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 it's it's a web app so it's running in the cloud so you just build them on your mac and then it runs in the cloud mac or pc or ipad or whatever and it runs in the cloud so i've got it doing all sorts of stuff like this so it's Um, it's like zapier or if this than that but it's got a really nice user interface it's really good and it it has a level of i mean all of those there is an expert mode where you can get really get your hands dirty but i was very impressed at how easy some of the expert stuff actually works in make.com and i always look at the integrations because i want to know well what can i interface with this actually looks like it has a very complete set, 1,380 mm. integrations that you mm. can, uh, right. including plus, Mastodon, which is nice. Plus Webhook and HTTP, oh, which okay. will get you literally yeah. anything yeah. on the web. Nice. So, yeah, it's really good. Wow. Wow, this is great. And you can try yeah. for, you can start for free. And then if so you want to use for it a lot, you pay. They were a sponsor, but I, I paid for them for years. I also pay for If This Then That because they stopped being free. Maybe I should cancel those and just go to this. Oh, see if make. it works for you. I, I yeah. love it. I think it's really good. I have a lot and of I, scripts we use. I have a ton of scripts on Zapier. Huh. I really think that the, the no-code, low-code revolution is coming. It's coming. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you're, you're seeing all these things pop in. I really think that it's a huge, there's a huge gap between um, the shortcuts and, and, and Swift Playgrounds that wants to be filled with some kind of nodal, right. um, you know, solution. But I think that while between now and then, whenever that happens, um, I think that all of these, these no-code, low-code, just let you, let people who are, just have something they need to get done and don't want to learn how to build, don't want to learn how to do coding structures, um, you know, let them put stuff together. It's pretty exciting. Yep. Yeah, I agree. All right. Thank you for the recommendation. Make.com. Mr. Andy Anako, how about you? What you got for us? I got two free apps that I really, really love. They're both by a developer by the name of Raphael Condi. And they're the exact, they're exactly the sort of apps that I love to find and I love to recommend because they do like one thing that is really, really useful and they do it really, really beautifully. Uh, the first app is called HiDoc. And it, all it does is, you know, it, uh, the doc has only one setting but uh, and ignores the fact that 
sometimes you have your, your, your MacBook and then sometimes you take your MacBook home. And you've got it plugged into an external display and you've got two displays. Sometimes you might have it ex- hooked up to an external display and you're not using the main display. High Doc will simply let you define, look, when it's just the built-in display, for instance, I want it, I want the dock to be visible, but at the bottom. If I'm just using the external display, I want it off to the left side, but I want the, I want the icons to be really, really big. If I'm using both of them, I want it, I'll be off to the right and I want them really, really tiny and it will just do that switch for you automatically depending on again do you have just built-in display the external display or do you have multiple displays going in uh and it it's it's just an app you don't need to like uh, install extensions you don't need to corrupt your system or anything like that it just plain works uh, and there's also a menu list so that if you want to trigger these things through the menu bar you can do that as well uh and it works really really great uh, and it's uh, and it's this one is free. The other one uh, is, again, it's the dumbest thing. And you think that, OK, well, who would use this until you've got this on your menu bar? And then you f- I find myself using it. It's called hand mirror and it puts an icon of a hand mirror in your menu bar. And all it does when you click on it is that it activates your selected camera and lets you take a look at yourself <laughs> to check to make sure that your hair is OK before you go on a chat or to check your camera before you go on a chat. Uh, and for that feature, it's absolutely free. And again, it's so useful because I I used to have to like I used to like launch uh, a different app when I wanted to do that. Like I want to check, make sure that my lighting is okay, that I'm framed okay before I do a chat. And now I just have this thing that just click it and it puts this little pop up up. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, if you if you spend five bucks for the uh, uh, f- uh, for the uh, for the H- uh, hand mirror plus. Uh, the hot zone to activate it can also be the notch in your brand new MacBook, which oh, I think is a really clever I use like of the that. notch. Um, and and it also, if you go for the uh, f- uh, for the plus version, it's also very useful for let's say that you're in a chat app that doesn't let you basically see yourself while you're very easily while you're in that chat. You can have this thing, whatever size you want, whatever shape window you want. Uh, conceivably, you could do it if you want to do like a live stream and you're basically capturing uh, the video that's coming out of your Mac. So now basically you have your own inset window, whatever size and shape you want wherever you want it on oh, the screen so you it'll do be this sticky for right there. Nice. Yeah, and yeah. so it'll be and so it'll just be over it'll be overlaid on uh, on whatever you do. Uh but the free version is again useful enough when you just want to know okay, have I have I have I adjusted the partition enough so that they can't see the cardboard boxes just behind <laughs> it of all the all the clothes I'm supposed to be donating to to to, to goodwill. I always like to make uh, the gear look like a halo when I'm doing the show. Yeah. So, yeah, I want that. <laughs> yeah. You know what's weird? I'm doing this on Linux. But they simulate a Macintosh by putting a fake Mac menu up there, and I tap it, and it actually works. I had to give nice. it permission and everything. I know, isn't that hysterical? Works on Linux. Well, only the website does. Uh, I love it that you can finally do something with the notch. So you mean if you move your mouse into the notch, it will it will activate it? I don't. I don't have one, so I can't try. I believe that if you move your mouse into the notch area and click, that activates uh, the, the hand mirror. I'm glad that we can obviously do and, that. Spe- and specific and specifically the selfie camera that's inside that thing. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't seem the UI. I haven't installed the UI. Doesn't seem to let you choose specifically what oh, camera you're. So I couldn't you use choose. other cameras. But, but yeah. well, I don't know. I mean, it, it seems to. Whenever I use it, it uses whatever the selected camera is. Oh, uh, whatever the active camera is, like that I'm using right now. So he says. Why not use photo booth? He says, that's exactly what I was doing. <laughs> but sometimes it would open photos by accident. Or I'd open photo booth so much <laughs> that if I type photo in spotlight, it would default to photo booth. And that's not what I wanted. So <laughs> he now he, he, that's a good reason to write an app. That's a simple, good reason to write an app. Yep. 
And both of those things, like again, uh, Hand Mirror Plus is five bucks uh, for 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 High Doc. It's free, free, free in the in the in the in the web page for it. Uh, he just says, "Oh, if you really want to pay for it, well, buy buy Hand Mirror because I've got actually something paid for that instead of just donating money." Uh, so it's 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 great stuff. It, again, not only is it simple and useful, but it is a beautifully done, beautifully done little uh, charm bracelet like Mac apps that I really really love. He writes a lot of apps. I love his. Website. If you go to Rafa.design, yeah. let me refresh this so you can you can yep. see it. He uh, he appears <laughs> on the website and uh, gestures and stuff. That's cool. Raphael Condi. Nice. And then, then when you then when you scroll, like of course the, everything gets grayed out in his name except for Rafa. So it's like, <laughs> oh man, why isn't my blog like I one one hundred? That's cool. Is this this is this is somebody who knows what he's doing here yeah. in the old CSS department? If you know what I mean. Apparently, also has. I, I, well, I won't talk about some of his other apps, but <laughs> yeah, there, there are a couple that are. Yeah, a little safe cracking app. This guy's really cool. This guy's yeah. really cool. Yeah, uh, Rafa dot design, and the app is called Hand Mirror. Did he also do uh, High Doc? Yep, and High Doc. Oh. He made, he made both of these. Yeah, he's a very he's a, he likes to write small utilities. I like that. Yep, it's very useful. Alex Lindsay, pick of the week time. So we were talking about this earlier, and I I don't um I I don't usually recommend books, but but this one is really good. This is this is we were talking about Rick Rubin uh, in the past, and I I downloaded uh, the Creative Act: A Way of Being, which is the book that he was promoting. I think to be on sixty minutes. You're like, why is he on sixty minutes? Because he has a new book. Um, and uh, I love this. If you look at the the link, it is. He has a audio book, a Kindle book, a hardcover, and a spiral bound. <laughs> oh, that's the one I like want. Good for him. Yeah, yeah so great. Yeah. Anyway, so um, uh, I'm about I'm about halfway through the book, and I just have to say it's just really great. Like good enough that you know. So I I listen to most of my books as just pure protein, two x. Um, you know, just just I just want to suck in all the information that's in the book because I don't really do fiction, and um, uh. This one I slowed down. I slowed I slowed it down to 1.5 and I was like, oh, it still feels a little rushed. Slowed down to 1.2. I was like, mm, I don't think I'm getting it. And then I had to go down to one. <laughs> so just to be at one, it's not that he talks fast. It's just that it just feels like you should be listening to this one at one X and just kind of, <laughs> you know, just, just sifting it in and, and, and really, um, you know, playing with it. If you're thinking, if you want to explore creativity, because he's just talking about all people, being oh, artists, I want this. all people being yeah. like a receiver for things, not, yeah. He's really talking about being a receiver of ideas, not so much a creator. I mean, like you're a creator, but you're funneling that through and and seeing how you're doing that. And and the good introduction to this book is to watch that 60 minutes, which again I think is probably one of the top five 60 minute 60 minute segments. Um, you know, I used to watch it all the time. Haven't watched very much of it. I, I look at the subjects quickly, um, and uh, and then they go, no, I'm not going to watch that today. Um, but every once in a while, I see one that that I want to that I want to see, and usually I'm disappointed. Um, this one was, I felt like the 60 minutes was a great, um, you know, a great 15 minutes with, with Rick Rubin and got me excited about buying the book. And then I bought the book and it was better than the, than the 60 minutes. Thing. So, <laughs> uh, really, really, really great book. I would highly recommend it. Um, yeah, I'm probably going to, I'm probably going to end up sending it to some friends. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm so, thinking this would make a good Valentine's day present for somebody in my life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's the only uh, 60 Minutes interview you'll see that uh, the uh, interviewee gets the interviewer to meditate for a couple of minutes before the interview begins. And Anderson well, Cooper and does it, and it's actually kind of cool. 
and, and there's there's a point where where Anderson Cooper goes. So what instrument? You know, do, do you know how to play an instrument? He's like, no. Do, 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 do you know how to use the the big mixer? No, no. No. I have no. I have no. He goes. I can't. I can't really seriously play anything. I can't <laughs> use any of the hardware or anything else. And the thing that was so interesting about it is really just how he approaches this. Is I'm not trying to. Like, you know, Phil Spector was like, I'm had a sound, right? The wall of sound and so on and so forth. He's like everywhere. Like he's doing rap. He started in rap and then he's doing, you know, Senegalese and, and pop and everything else. Cause, cause he's just interested in the person expressing themselves and he's just listening. He's listening for them, not, not for him. And, and it, and, and his, uh, just, it's just really, really interesting. And his book really digs into that a lot. And it's, he's very Zen. Yeah. Very inspiring. Yeah. So it's a very inspiring book. So, so I, oh, I, I can't I wait to read it. it. I just ordered it. Yeah. That's uh that's great. Thank you. So good. You want to listen to it at one X. Says Alex <laughs> exactly. that's, that's what they should put up there. <laughs> from, from Alex Lindsay. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> it's like it's the first good. book. I've, the first book I've, I've listened to at one X since there was a way to speed it up in Audible. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like as soon as I found that, I was like, cause I've been listening to cassettes since, since the late eighties. And, and so I've been listening to books for a long, long time. And when I remember audible, I just saw this magic. Oh, I could speed this up. I could speed yeah, this up. The same <laughs> you know, like, you know, I can't yeah, take so. it. I don't, it's, I don't like, it's just, I can't listen generally other than this book. I cannot listen to it less than 1.5 yeah. because I get, yeah. I get, I, I think too many things in between. Right. So there's, I She's just, I way. literally, yeah. I need, yeah. I need it to be running at, at speed or I can't, stay with it otherwise i i my my, my mind wanders off because something it says then i go off to some squirrel you know yeah yeah um lots of people listen to our shows <laughs> at higher speeds uh yeah. in fact occasionally those people will come and listen to the show in in person and they'll say you all sound drunk <laughs> say, no we're just talking normally that's all alex exactly. Lindsay, office hours global is the place to go to see what's up constantly like literally constantly we're putting great stuff uh, on the stream you can watch uh, live you can participate in the zoom call but you got it all starts at office hours dot global time lapses today we're talking about time lapses and all the different ways of doing them and how to how to approach it and think about it so nice. it's uh, you know and the day before we were talking about pricing <laughs> like so we talk about business as well so some technical stuff also we were talking about space um in the gray matter dot show this is michael krasny's show we had vienna tran talking about health in space you know and in, in, in the body how the body responds to space you know to to being in space for a long period of time so that's another another little hobby of mine oh, nice. <laughs> so, the the gray matter dot show i have been yeah. on it it is a great show produced yeah. in the uh the basement sub basement of the former lucas uh in the pit in the pit of the maker it's space. The pit. There's, it yeah. literally was, yeah, the pit. So The pit. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a yeah. lot of fun. Yeah. Um, thank you, Alex. And, of course, if you want to hire him, 090.media. Mr. Andy Anutko, when is WGBH calling next? I'm uh, on a day early this week. I'm on Thursday at 1.10 in the afternoon Eastern time. Go to WGBHnews.org to listen to it live or later. Very nice. And Mr. Jason Snell, sixcolors.com slash Jason. Slash Jason gets you everything. My writings at Six Colors and I link to podcasts and stuff. And uh, the incomparable for your podcast uh, pop culture fix. We got some great shows over there. Uh, Some friends of mine started a 
Um, Last of Us podcast, uh, watch a oh, really? podcast that's uh, going great. Guns. What do you think of that show? It's a show it. based on a video game. It's getting great reviews. Yeah, it's really good. It's Craig Mazin who did Chernobyl, which was one of the very Loved best shows Chernobyl. a couple of years ago. Yeah. And who does the Script Notes podcast with John August. He's a podcaster. I knew him as a podcaster before. I knew him as the guy who wrote Chernobyl and... And uh, and now the Last of Us. So I um, confess, yeah, uh, I've been avoiding it because I'm not a fan of zombie, the zombie genre. I feel like it's it is, been overdone. I, did you see Station Eleven? No. Station Eleven, which is a as warm hearted an apocalypse show as you'll ever see miniseries. <laughs> the Last of Us is, uh, you know, it is kind of like The Walking Dead, but it's kind of filtered through a Station Eleven kind of lens. It is more about the people than it is about the zombies. And so, um, thus far through three episodes, uh, highly recommended there, there are, there are zombies there, but it really is about a broader existential threat and how we all deal with it and how we come together as people. And, um, and the latest episode was beautiful. One of the greatest huh. standalone episodes of the last decade, probably of any show. Huh. I often thought of this show as being a warm hearted apocalypse show, but now I know. Uh, exactly. Yeah. I mean, the one after the Apple event pretty much is. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Andy. Thanks, Thank Leo. you, Alex. I apologize to everybody. This was a short show because there was literally no new. Oh, wait a minute. We took two hours of your time. Sorry. I hope you listen <laughs> at double speed. Uh, we do a Mac Break Weekly every Tuesday, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 1900 UTC. If you want, if you want the very freshest edition of MacBreak Weekly, you could watch it live. Uh, There's a live stream, audio and video there, live.twit.tv. I shouldn't promote that too hard because those don't really count as downloads. But you're welcome to. If you want to watch live, you might as well chat live with our fabulous IRC. Our IRC chat is at irc.twit.tv. Of course, Club Twit members have a little place they call home in our Discord. Uh, after the fact... If you want to listen at your own convenience, not in the middle of the day on a Tuesday, you can download it at twit.tv slash mbw. You also, there's audio and video there. You get your choice. There's also a YouTube channel dedicated to MacBreak Weekly. Great place to share uh, clips and so forth. And probably the easiest way to do this is subscribe. You'll see some buttons there on the page. Uh, just go to your favorite podcast client and uh, subscribe. And that way you'll get it automatically, immediately, the minute it's available. Looks like we've got a couple of uh, thumbnails now from uh, artificial intelligence generators. <laughs> That's cool. Our, our team is so great. They have so much fun. Thank I'm you, thinking, Alex. I'm thinking the tooth. <laughs> uh, yeah, Alex sends us mid-journey images uh, after, the, after the shows. I like that. Um, you could do something with the tooth if you want or the whatever they call it. The molar. What should we do? The molar. <laughs> the molar. Molar Mac. Oh, my God. Power, Imagine the horrible, Power Mac G3. horrible images. Power Mac G3. Be, yeah. 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 Mix that in with, uh, I don't Molars. know, Super Bowl lovey. With teeth, yeah. And, uh, and oh. Rihanna. And you got something. You got something there. Okay, I don't know. Right. I'm not telling you. Oh, yeah. Rihanna. Gilligan's Island. The G3 Mac molar versus the cavity creeps, as drawn by Jack Kirby. A good prompt. A good prompt. Wait, 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 wait. What, what, what is this again? Oh, wait. Imagine, imagine. All right. What, what, what do we have here? Imagine the, G, the, G, the, 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 whatever the, whatever the actual G, name of that Power product Mac, is. Power G3. Mac G3, G3, G3 all in one. Power in one. Polar. Yeah. G3. Versus all. Wait, 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 wait. I can't type that fast. All in one. Okay, go ahead. Being, uh, being fought by or fighting, fighting. the cavity creeps. Fighting the cavity 
creeps as drawn by Jack Kirby. See, Leo, you don't want to go to Wordle.com. <laughs> Why is you that? You want to go to um, com slash game slash Wordle. Oh. Uh, dash AR3. Oh, there's two colors. Uh, two colors. Don't go to Wordle.com because that's not it. No, no, don't no. do it. It'll hack your computer. <laughs> <laughs> There's so the key. Yeah, is, what do the colors mean again? <laughs> so the key is audio style. Those are the first two words. I can never get less than three. Because Why I, audio style? All the it's all the it it is all of the vowels plus Y plus ST. So once you cut that down, I get it in three or four almost every single. Oh, time. I thought you were Brain doing. Voice. I thought you were talking about <laughs> mid journey prompts. Journey prompts. <laughs> uh, that's the special hack. Oh man. <laughs> Uh, I, I always do, do uh, something uh, like I did tears today. I always do something that's got uh, the first few vowels. I like T's because E-T-A-I-O-N-S-H-R-D-L-U are the yep. highest frequency letters in the English language. I like to put S at the end because I want to get that out of the way. If it's a plural, I hate it when they do that. But, you, <laughs> but in this case, did you, did, you, did, you hear about the, did you hear about the Wheel of Fortune controversy? Where so, where somebody a contestant like didn't didn't guess it correctly because uh, the prompt the category was like fun pastimes or something and the and, they didn't the, have the, and the answer was go out for a jog and he said that's not that's not fun that's the, that's a, I hate that <laughs> and uh, he he literally like actually like said that to Pat and now there's an uproar saying actually that was that shouldn't have been the, the that shouldn't have been the category nobody enjoys going out for a jog what are you, what are you talking about oh Joggers, my god dude. and of course there's a whole thing on entertainment tonight about it uh pat's up in arms up in arms i tells you <laughs> scandal so, scandal so i don't know i don't know where the g3 is in here but here's the, here's the oh wow here's the that's jack kirby all right yeah kirby so, crackle. You got, you got the i just don't crackle. see the g3 but it's uh, maybe in the head of the of the the lower uh, left hand one uh-huh uh-huh. Okay. Uh, they're, they're not get... funny. See, the, the, the Cavity Creeps were a series of commercials for Crest that was actually like the storyboards where the characters were designed <laughs> by Jack Kirby. So uh, that's maybe too no- on the nose, you know? Maybe too on the nose. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hold on. Let's, let's see. I, I did it. I ran it. Oh, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Stop the presses. We have another one here. Um, <laughs> cut. <laughs> wow. Look at that. I think. Oh, there's think a. The, what's the he lower, holding or, there in the lower left? Yeah. There. He's got. He's got a little bit of an all-in-one there, so I think that's our machine. <laughs> it's it's got yeah, it's got it's something. That, that you know, espresso does stain the teeth, so it's it's getting there. It's, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is actually a plug for the segment that uh, Alex is going to do on Ask the Tech Guys on Sunday, explaining how he uses Midjourney to generate these amazing uh, AI uh, art. I think people increasingly are agreeing that Midjourney is the best of them of stable. Oh yeah, it's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's just I think oh, it's yeah. just the amount of people using it and 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 here's the thing that's different about Midjourney it's the fact that there are so many people using it which improves its its solution but they're trading so many notes so that's the big thing is <laughs> right. that you're because you can see so much in in the Discord in the Discord community inside of Midjourney you're seeing what everybody else is using as search as search terms and so everybody's learning from each other at a at an incredible pace and so I think the the result is is that you get better uh, you get better solutions. Anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll try to find one that here that that. Uh, um, I, it was one of the first that I played with, and I still am in the Discord, but I have to pay yeah. it now. I think to uh, to take advantage <laughs> right, of right. it. Yeah, you can actually put give fun. them your picture and say uh, generate some headshots for me and things like that. So 
So, yeah, I'll show how to do that in the in the video. The good. you know all you really have to do is is you just throw your video, you throw your own image into the into your. Well, if you have your own bot, you just throw it into the discussion and say use this link. But if you you or if you have your your picture anywhere on the web, you can just say copy link, link and yeah. then you put the say imagine, then you put the link in, and then as whatever you want to. Do wow, there. and it can do that with one image. You can do a pretty good job. Huh? That's a pretty good job. Yeah, I mean, with someone like with someone. Uh, you know, that has a bunch of stuff on the web that has had stuff on the web, you can just say the name and it'll pick it up. Like, a, you know, there's there's definitely like social media folks generally have a lot of pictures on the web. And so it, it's already it's already looked at those. Ah, <laughs> so, so it can ah, it can sometimes do better if you just ah, put your name in, if you if you have enough photos. So imagine Leo Laporte probably time. would. Uh, yeah, yours is work. yours. I, yeah. I tried one with your images and it it was pretty much the same. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, 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 you don't need to upload. I don't need to upload it. Well, we'll look forward to that on Sunday. I uh, can't wait. I want to. I want to. I want to learn how to use this. There's been. Yeah, there's fun. a guy who's spending a lot of energy uh, working on a uh, image of Batman in Havana, Cuba, in 1959. <laughs> 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 it's it's pretty fun, I have to say. That so this yeah, is this is what you see. You it. see what people are doing. You see what the prompt is, and you can learn from that, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I see the value of that. Yeah, and 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 you and the the ones you'll get into, you'll get the beginner ones are okay, but if you go down to the ones that are like the, I'm in the newbies. daily, I don't want to be in newbies. If you get out of the newbies and yeah. go into like the, the there's ones down, or, or there's a daily one, and then there's and and then the the ones down there are where the folks that really are they know what they're doing, they really yeah. into it, and then you'll see these <laughs> yeah. these long search terms, and I don't, I think some of the search terms are, uh, you know, kind of a mythical like i don't think that they actually do anything but they put them in and they get great images yeah, we don't so know, there's do a little we? bit of a religion yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a little magical you know. thinking in the yeah so yeah. but some of them obviously make a difference and so you have to kind of play with them to figure out which ones are actually making a difference and which ones are just they think that that, that was doing like when you put ak yeah. in i don't think it does anything it doesn't write an ak image right uh or hdr but if you put glam lighting in it definitely makes a difference so, so you gotta learn from you that's who i gotta learn from yeah. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Andy. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Jason. Have a, Have a wonderful Love week. You, Thank you all for being here. I'm sorry to say it's time to go home because Mac break is broke. No, wait a minute. That's the wrong one. You you can't stay here. You got to... Uh, <laughs> You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Back break time. <laughs> time. It's time for you to go back to the it's podcast over. you already were in. Over. If you've been listening to us at half here. speed, turn up the you're volume. You're still here. <laughs> All right. You're still here. Why are you still here? Get I back to understand. break. Get back to work because break time is done. It's over. Bye. Oh, hey, that's a really nice iPhone you have there. You totally picked the right color. Hey, since you do use an iPhone and maybe use an iPad or an Apple Watch or an Apple TV, well, you should check out iOS Today. It's a show that I, Micah Sargent, and my co-host Rosemary Orchard host every Tuesday right here on the Twit Network. It covers all things iOS, tvOS, HomePod OS, WatchOS, iPadOS. It's all the OSs that Apple has on offer. And we love to give you tips and tricks about making the most of those devices, checking out great apps and services, and answering your tech questions. I hope you check it out.